0: This episode of Happy Jack's RPG podcast is sponsored by easyrollerdice.com.
1: The following hoot nanny will be explicit. Oh, we had this good
0: idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's
1: dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character gen our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good. You're listening but to Happy Jacks RPG time. Podcast, now pursuing RPG dead. hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So, so now we're back to character, gen or error, we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 5 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Bill. This is Stork. This is Tyler. And uh, we've got...
0: Less than a month until the con? I know. It's exciting. It's is on my it? calendar. Yes. I'm on a pre-reg, and I'm going to run uh, at least one game. Are I you? Know, I already know what it is, too. But is it grim? No. I'm, I think I'm going to use One Roll Engine. Oh, really? Because <clears throat> it's, cause it's uh, more about the concept, and I think One Roll Engine I might be able to more quickly build the powers in. It's a super, it's a it's not superheroes, but everybody has powers game. I'm going to run a, a, uh, an Infinity game. Oh no, kidding! And I'm going to bring like all oh, the minis, Disney Infinity figures. <laughs> that's cool. And uh, those will be what you use. And I have them, and it's going to be basically fighting for, fighting for the fighting for the toy box.
2: So nice. So the villains will
0: have taken over the imagination of the toy box. And oh, that's awesome. You have to take a, a hero. I thought that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm.
2: I was unsure if I was going to go, but then we played D and D on Sunday, and Chris is like super convincing. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go, and she just like leaned on me, and she's like, No, you need to go. You run great games, and it's just like.
3: Okay. I can't, right? The when, when girl said even, I should do something. I'll do it.
2: It's not even It's not even a girl. It's a player who just loves my games.
0: You know, it was really <laughs> weird when we had, we're, during the holidays, we had people over, and Gina was talking. She's like, oh, I really like the actual play and this whole thing. And like, you're this great GM. Of all, and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, kind of brushed it off and then I felt like I had to go back and I apologized I was like thank you thank you very much for mm-hmm. liking what you because it's really weird right that, yeah that people say that right so but it is It's then you kind of get into that like well yeah maybe I should go do that thing that people like right yeah. and you should because I, um, I like your games yeah
2: so if I can find somebody to give me like a f- floor space for Saturday night I'll probably go I put uh, I put some dead president stuff on your I saw that on your wall and it's, it's making me think that I need to, it might be time again but
1: You're gonna. You already got called out for plagiarism once. You really want to go back there again?
2: You know what? <laughs> I figure if that dude shows up and starts starts talking crap, I'll, I'm just going to punch him and get thrown out of the con.
1: I'll make sure someone's there with the camera.
2: Right. 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 It right.
3: is the weirdest story. Yes.
2: <laughs> it God.
3: is very strange.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> what? I'm, what a weird thing to claim. I.
3: It's like someone ran up and like, "Yeah, I'm glad somebody brought the freak show back." It's like, yeah, like "What <laughs> exactly <laughs> what
2: are you talking about?" <laughs> I ran the first one of these games twenty this years ago. Didn't get it? Okay. I'm oh, good. I'm thinking about running Five E.
0: I cool. so am I. I'm also thinking about running, uh, taking a note from Stork and Dave's book, and running a Traveler session. Oh yeah. With character gen. But Star Wars, people really love that because because yeah. enough people are you know what? You, me about, do, like, you could
2: just do two sessions of Star Wars character creation. Don't even run a game. People will still love it because Traveler character creation is, is, is pretty, pretty fun. You fun. could
1: set up and run an eight-hour session. Oh my God! It takes two, and the first session is character gen. It and takes s- two, not
0: just one. It takes two, right? And to then, run for the fun. It takes two. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and then take a take a lunch break to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do, <laughs> and then for the afternoon session, run those characters through it. Yeah, engine. it's not a bad idea. That's, that's a, a huge that's
2: commitment from the players, though. Yeah, it, yeah, is. it is. It is. It is. And
1: and <coughs> and four hours is a lot to do. A lot for character. You, <laughs> you don't need yeah. really need four hours, I don't think. You
3: we could, did it
2: in yeah, did like
3: it. two and a half hours or so, and I left two and a half hours, and I just had a quick escape from the planet. Um, oh, okay. It's like, you, you guys, you know, you have all your stuff, you just have to get off planet, any means possible. And so they came up with ways, and they, they, right. they were being chased and got off planet. That was it. And it, they had a great time, but a character gem was a big deal. People came up to me afterwards, and all through the podcast, saying, oh, I had so much fun, I never had any idea. So cool. It really... It really does shine that way, and they
2: yeah, really, really own they, Star Wars traveler then
0: yeah <laughs> they own that character too because they made it Uh-huh. yeah know? and I think that is the thing that you, you could almost get away with just doing that like I'm because we talk a lot about that system and but not everybody's made a character right mm-hmm. a traveler and you can spend four hours just going through and the nuances and doing that and making it and you know yeah, I have a um
1: <clears throat> I'm gonna run I'm definitely going to run the Moment of Truth game that I w- didn't run at the last con because I put so much work into it. Because I made almost like meta character sheets for each... There's I, I think I made six or eight of them. Mm-hmm. And each one gives you like, like six different arrays of stats. You can either roll a die to see which one you get or pick. And then like there's sets of skills, and you can pick which ones you want, or you can roll for which set of skills you get so on and so on and basically you can make the whole character and you can probably do it in about 10 minutes maybe mm-hmm. 15 minutes mm-hmm. but so but you can pick and choose what you want and it, but the characters sort of have like a general kind of a class like one is kind of a thiefy character but you can kind of decide what kind of a thiefy character right. you're going to yeah, make yeah you could do it that thing. fast
0: at the beginning of a game yeah, that's, that's great that's what, and,
1: that, and that's a moment of truth and that's I'm kind of trying to come up with some sort of semi-random character gen s- system for it. It's
0: cool, because it, being able to, to have that level of investment, but it doesn't take hours and hours. Right, right? And then, but then immediately go and play that character is, is almost like a dungeon world.
1: Cool. It is. It is. It, it's. Yeah. It almost is.
0: It's. I was actually going to
2: recommend is. to run a dungeon world game.
0: I think that'd be great. Like, sh- don't don't sh- read
2: the book at all. Just yeah, just exactly. <laughs> <then> exactly. Just, <laughs> I was. just going to say that. And then sit down at the sit down and like the first time you ever crack that book is right there at the Let's table. Let's see. Introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a I've got a problem though
0: for the next con. Uh-huh. I'm kind of screwed because I have to buy I have to buy all new dice what happened? Well, so... Stork. Oh, no. Yeah, when we were after the last <laughs> Star Wars, Wars on game, Stork. <laughs> after the last Star Wars game, like, and I just put away, like, I I dumped my box. <laughs> you, right? you asked for help. I just was trying to
3: pick him up
1: for so you. Stork, you said...
0: Yeah. So you so was like, no, no, no,
3: no. No, I got him. I got to
0: get out. Yeah, no, you no, no. didn't... Re- <sighs> so there, oh. He didn't realize till after I was... right. I don't think... Yeah, it was already... He had them, like, in his arms. It was probably called
2: slow motion, too. You saw him reaching for me. Well, I
0: I didn't touch them all, but I touched a few, and you don't
3: know which ones they are, so... Right, right. And then they got in the
2: same box, they touched each other. That spreads it out. It's like
0: herpes. (laughs) It's like germs, yes. So now (laughs) I have... It's herpes luck. So now i got to get, like, a ton of dice. Yes. Sorry. uh, And that is, like, hella pricey. Uh, You know what? What? It may not be. How so? Well... Do you want to read it, or should I read it? Is this organic enough? This, does this make it seem like it? It seems like we're not reading anything. It's great, <laughs> except, except right up until that moment,
2: it, it, it did feel good until then.
0: Right, but this is
2: the worst straight man because I
0: I don't want to pay eighty five cents a piece. But you could just go onto like flat. Amazon and well, buy
2: the Chessex Poundo dice, right? Yeah, but that ah, it's still super pricey, though. Dude. It is that stuff's expensive, right? And, and there are a lot of them are seconds. Right, and you're, like, like if it, like, you ever go to the cons where that where Chessex has a booth and they have that big thing, like a mug or a pitcher, right. yeah, it's a lot of second dice, so it it's, like...
0: They're shaped like eggs. It's sh- also It's dice. also missing one of the E's. It's like Chessex. It's like when you...
2: <laughs> it's like a D10, only it's D1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10. Right. You're <laughs> like, That's close. It's got a 10 and
0: <laughs> 1. I'm going to read your thing. It's you going to a- read it? Well, ahead, we're doing ahead. it. I thought we were kind no, of going no, through here. Re- oh, we have re- to read this yeah. exactly? Oh, yeah, exactly? Ever need a bunch of dice for gaming? We all do. But who wants to pay 85 cents a piece at your local shop? And don't even think about that big bag of random junk, oddities, and damaged dice from those other guys. At EasyRollerDice.com, you can snag 20% off all products right now, and that means you can grab the giant 105-count bag of factory-first dice that comes with a velvet bag for just $19.96, and shipping is always free. So if you go to EasyRollerDice.com and enter the code Deal, that's all one word, all caps. I don't know if it needs to be caps, but it is Sweet Deal. Sweet Deal. I think it needs to be all caps. Probably. Uh, at the checkout, and you save 20%. I'm doing it. That's, I think
2: I've spent 20 bucks on a velvet bag itself. That's 20 cents a die. That's crazy good. It awesome. is.
0: Yeah, it really is. And we were talking about that when we were reading this. It's like, oh, holy crap, I, that's a great price. This <laughs> way <anyway, laughs> I can use dice, and I can use them once and throw them away. Here's the <laughs> And I won't have bad you luck. You know what you should do is you should use dice at a game because we're doing so many actual plays now. And right. when you hear like, oh fuck, store stork, take those aside. Like we'll be <sighs> photography evidence and then you can sell those as prank dice that you your yes. enemies. Well,
2: no, no, here's the thing. Have you have you put up the last Star Wars game? Not again? yet, no. Not yet. Four's not even up. Okay, yeah, no,
0: four's going up this week. Okay. So All with
2: right. the last Star Wars game, Stork had some really amazing roles like yeah I did could not fucking believe it how he's, good he his rolls he saved the party with, so, with, with dice rolls my man. thinking yep. is I'm going to get these 105 dice for 1996 from mm-hmm. easyrollerdice.com have Stork touch all of them <laughs> keep them completely separate from my dice <laughs> right and then I can run some scientific tests on oh. if he's really you're going <laughs> like, to use oh, some dice, dice. You, have a, you have a control set right. you going to have I have my dice and then roll and them then, and then roll them versus Stork's dice that's awesome and see how that works out I mean, I think Dave summed
3: it up. He said, I re- it really only rolled badly when it counts. Like, I'll roll 12s all day long if I'm just,
0: like, you know, like, trying to... I don't know, to, the, the... This counted. Th- this counted. Yeah. It, this
2: counted. It would have
1: been... It would have it could have gone very, very, very badly. Yes. Oh, yeah. I yes. don't want to talk it about did. it too
2: much, because spoilers, but... <clears throat> I, you saved the party.
3: Sort of. We, we still need to question people, and we can't. <laughs> but still, we keep no, that's but fine. If, that guy, <laughs> if that guy had was still kicking...
0: You that know. would have been tough. That would have been a really tough fight. Let's let's just say that, without giving anything away, the two sides in the conflict were fairly equal, right? And then one thing changed that put the the, the party <laughs> the, at a huge disadvantage. Well, should yes. we
3: split the party? No, no, no no no, <laughs> no, no,
0: no, 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 no. People will know when it happens. And then you came up with a you know. Interesting idea. And, and it worked.
2: <laughs> it did. Which it did. which I have since looked up all the stats for everything. Yeah. It will never work again. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that, that gun doesn't have auto rules.
0: That's right. We, oh, it doesn't?
2: No. Oh, the heavy one. Pro- oh, heavy heavy enough, doesn't.
0: But, but that one did. It he, was, yeah, exactly, exactly. was, that was that modified. One. And now we I'm pissed that it.
2: we let that thing that happened to it happen to it. We didn't bring that with us. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'd like to thank
1: EasyRollerDice.com for... For sponsoring this episode of the show, and if you want to support the show, you can support our sponsor. I'm Absolutely. seriously, I am. I'm going yeah. I I I I to buy some. I'm not the kidding
2: about this. The, the, the having you touch
1: 105 <laughs> dice thing. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I went to do that. It'll I we went to the web page time. and uh, they have they got a, have a nice selection of dice and they look good. Uh, there's going to be sending us samples. They haven't sent them. Sent cool. them that. They, I did. They just contacted me. I think thir- Wednesday or Thursday when this all started.
0: See, so the so. upside is that there's actually something we use and we like. We just end up talking about it all the time. Right. Like. Savage Worlds. Exactly, right. right. Or, <laughs> Mongoose or Mongoose Traveler. Or okay. Mongoose Traveler. So
1: thank you again to EasyRollerDice.com, and I'll put all the links in the show notes and all that stuff, so appreciate it. Should we go on the first email? Yeah. Oh, we right. have emails? We have emails. <laughs> I'll go into to the first email. Oh, let me, before we start that, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Facebook, fa- happyjacks.org slash Facebook. And our forum is at happyjacks.org slash forum. We're on Twitter, at rpg. But if you email us, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And you can listen live. Oh, you, you can, can listen listen live. in the Chat room. You, there are some people in the chat room. Chat room. Listen what we got. Does anybody right. ever
0: in- email us individually anymore? No, what, what do you mean? because like, like, we all have handles at happy. Um, TV. I don't know. Not that I've seen. Because, uh, like, so you throw storks I, out all the time, and I don't know if anybody ever. Actually
3: I sometimes get a there. get a personal message from the forums, like in the forums. Oh, so that's, different, that way. Right. that's different That's yeah.
0: different.
2: Don't they just they just redirect right?
0: They're supposed to, but I don't know. I don't
3: know if I I, I set one up for Stork, but
1: I think I had it forwarded to yours. So if you if you got yeah, I mean I think we all have. Emails, I think we get get all
0: have them. them. I have uh, the cards we made at one point. I was looking, right. putting stuff together for the. I'll con, double check to make sure. And I was but like, I, and I think we told you where we wanted them forwarded to, but yeah, that's how I, I knew I we wouldn't we made get them as a
2: podcast when we got cards with our names on them. <laughs> like when mine said Tyler host, I was like, damn, so
3: <laughs> brought a tear to your eye.
2: <laughs> part of part of the team. Thank you,
0: Kinkos. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Thomas says yeah. we need to invest in Kahlua or rum for our morning coffees. Oh, wait—you got to have something in here, don't you? There's there's a little mini barrel of whiskey right there. If you want to put a little whiskey in your coffee, that's a morning drink. I don't even
0: have a coffee, but let me get a cup. If you're a pirate, it's a you know. There's not every day th- kind th- of. I beverage. haven't made a pot. I know. You, just if want you guys are responding text. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't use that. That, th- that thing's been like sitting there for weeks. Here's a here's an old <laughs> thing of Starbucks. I'm sure this is fine. <laughs>
3: Wait, oh, <laughs> if, if The rum is high. I've it, it'll
2: kill anything in there. I just would just it really sure it's not medical this, this might like, have
0: been. This might have been mine. My- oh no, it's got girly lip stuff on it. Yeah, and oh, then it's fine. Girls <laughs> <It's laughs> don't a, have germs. It's it's germs. Pop the lid.
2: Make sure there's nothing growing it's on it. It's
0: probably Mandy's. It might. It's been there for a while. Oh Jesus God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the blob I'm going to put it in the other room alright because it's
1: that's scary alright if you want uh, there, there's glasses and stuff in the house if you want to if you're going you might as well get
3: a glass alright
1: right. So Dave from Michigan here <clears throat> grab four <clears throat> he's going to grab four for the, for the, sc- the scotch yeah I, okay all
3: right. I'm not drinking I'm not going to drink scotch at 10 in the morning <laughs> I'm
1: sorry hey, that's hey, 1130 it's
3: 1133 <laughs> okay
2: that is scotch time if there ever was hey, one.
3: Hey, and it's
1: one thirty three Central. Right. See? <laughs> All right. Dave from Michigan here. I was listening to another podcast discuss a topic of railroading, and I got an idea for a topic. The difference between linear adventure design and railroading. It seems that whatever, whenever we gamers discuss railroading, we're actually talking about linear adventures in general. This leads to a problem. Railroading is a very bad thing, and everyone is... Uh, Everyone rightly says that you should never do it. But conflating linear design with railroading... Uh, I'm sorry. By conflating linear design with railroading, people are led to believe that they should never design an adventure in a linear fashion. Yet linear design is a powerful tool that should not be cast aside so carelessly. You know glass? You didn't find a glass? I fell, oh, a little one. Okay. Uh, railroading is not the same as linear design. When the GM is railroading his players, what he is doing is rendering all player choices completely meaningless. No matter what the players do or attempt to do, the result will not change the story or in even the smallest way. This is why a common response is, why don't you just write a novel? The GM is literally controlling not just the world, but also the player characters. The players are only able to passively observe, occasionally being prompted to press X
0: to continue. Wait, hang on, sorry. I'm like... Right. This thing's all jacked up. Yeah, I need to replace that. Little mic issues, mic I've actually issues. got a wow, springy sagging. Stand. It's okay, I'm fine. <laughs> it's, you're going to have to keep slumping. I'll just, I'll just keep slumping. Here you like want me to tighten it for you? No, it's fine. <laughs> Can you we mute my mic? <laughs> we gotta... Uh, I don't know if I can. Otherwise,
1: it's just here. We'll we gotta get another mic stand a, to hold no, that is, mic stand up. This is, like, very professional.
0: Yeah. Adam Carolla doesn't the to with this shit! <laughs> or some other... Yeah.
1: I bet he did the first week. Unless they stole all the equipment from... You know, the, I bet you he still does. From, from KLSX. Uh, That's right. But I actually right. have a sta- one Thanks. of these springy stands over there, but I have to figure out how to mount it. That's always your problem. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, linear design can be done quite successfully without railroading. A GM can build a scenario where, in order to succeed, you have to go to location A, to location B, to location C. The player's input comes from how they arrive at these locations and what beneficial actions they take along the way. Did you get some? Okay. Thank you. I'll have to take one after when you're done. Uh, just because the players, for all intents and purpo- purposes, uh, I was going to say porpoises, uh, don't... <laughs> intensive <laughs> porpoises. Intensive porpoises. Uh, don't have a choice in whether they go to location B, they still have a lot of options. Do they spend time preparing or just rush directly to the next scene? Do they storm location B, spells flying and guns blazing, or do they try to sneak in undetected? These choices have a major impact impact on how the story progresses. Some players will still chafe at this level of restriction. To, to such players, nothing less than a complete sandbox is, quote, good gaming, end quote. And anything less is classified as railroading. These players are wrong. Some players, um, oh, sorry. Every time someone uses the term railroading in this way, they water down its meaning and vilify a perfectly acceptable method of game design. Thoughts, David from Michigan. So I kind of want to talk about this for a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the difference between linear play and railroading. And also kind of the difference between game design and gameplay. Because I kind of think that maybe I don't completely agree with him. Hmm.
0: I am Uh, stunned. So
1: let's talk a little bit about... I mean, rail railroading. I, I like the definition of railroading. I don't know what you guys think that uh, <coughs> a, 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 a game that is railroaded is one where the players' decisions are irrelevant. Right, the GM has already figured
0: out. It's not
2: necessarily linear. It's when the players' choices don't matter.
0: Right. Yeah, and I agree with that. I I do, I do think that's a great a great definition that he's put there. Okay.
2: So, t-
1: to me, um, the 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 crux of the problem here, the way I see it. Is a difference is understanding the difference between game design and game play? You can design your adventure to be linear, and that's fine. Whether the players follow that line or bounce around from A to C to D to B to X to M mm-hmm. to L, if they're not, if you are, I my contention would be if you are still enforcing the linearity of the of your game design you're kind of still... Right. You're kind of still railroading.
2: Well, here he says, um, he says a GM can build a scenario where in order to succeed, you have to go from location A to location B to location C. The player's input comes in both how they arrive at these locations and what beneficial actions they take along the way. You're still m- requiring them to hit certain points. Right. right? So their decisions r- still really, I mean... Well... The antithesis of this, of, of a design
3: that way, is is the like the Trail of Cthulhu game, where you have to go to certain places at certain times, and get clues in a certain order. They don't necessarily. I mean, if it's a well-designed game, it doesn't have to be in a certain order, but you do have to get from point A to point B to point C in order to put everything together. I can see how you can design a linear game and not be railroaded if it's, if, especially if it's an investigative kind of game. But if you're playing D&D, and you're not necessarily investigating something, and you still are requiring your players to, and, and, and if they don't get to point B, you're going to deny them. All of a sudden, you're railroading them. I, I, I can see that, right? If, if if they skip over B and go directly to C, and you're like, well, you can't get in. You don't have the key that you didn't get at B. <clears throat>
2: Alright, so, my con games are, I, I basically, I have, I, I know where they're starting, and I know where they're ending, and I have a, a handful of encounters for them to come across in the, in, in the during the adventure they're still gonna get from point a to point B yeah but I don't ever tell them no you can't do that I don't ever shut them down to, for something for that for a place for them to go but they still have to get to point B is that railroading
1: so what so there's something at point B that will not allow them to continue on the adventure
2: no they have to they basically they, they are, you, are
1: you talking now let, let's let's separate out here a little bit because there is the the sort of physical linear adventure design where you are in, let's say, a dungeon, and there is a room and a hallway and a room and a hallway and a room. We're not talking about that kind of linearity.
2: Right. I'm talking about I need my players to get to an orc village outside of town. Mm -hmm. That's where they're going to go next, period. Okay. But the players, basically, whatever information they find, whatever they, they do, hopefully will lead them to that point. Right. Is that railroading? If they're the ones making the decisions on how to get there, it's still point no. A to point B. No, I mean... <clears throat> so I'm, 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 I think I'm just trying to figure out the difference between linear design and railroading here.
0: Well, see, to me, linear design is, you know that they're in Eldermore, and they need to, to for the story to advance, they're going to have to get to the court of the Crimson King, right? Like, that's your next story part. Right. Right, And to see the king, they're going to have to have a, a, a letter of introduction, right? So you know that, okay, I need you to have a letter of introduction, and then you're to have to see the king. And if you try to see the king, they're going to tell you you need a letter of introduction. To me, that's linear design. Sure. But I'm not going to then tell you, oh, no, you must do it in this specific order to get the letter. thing. Or I want to go see if I can't go to the court. No, you can't even go to the court yet to find out. You need to, like, there. Railroading means somebody says, "Oh, okay, we need letter reduction. introduction. We're going to see if we can forge one." No, you're not allowed to forge one. They would know right away if it was a forgery. Oh, so okay. really, it's so all I want to perception. do this. It, it, it basically, if railroading is, you're limiting the option to how they can get to the next. You're telling them story how to point. get,
2: how to get from point A to point B, right? Not You need to get to point B. Not
0: that you need to get to point B. I kind of don't care how you get to point B, as long as you get to point B. And, I mean, if you're talking about linear storytelling. Right. Okay. As a GM,
1: shouldn't you entertain ways to get around point B? Let's say point B is acquire a letter of introduction.
2: Right. They're still overcoming the challenge. If they find a way to get around getting that letter of introduction, maybe they
1: sneak in. They're still overcoming the challenge. Like like Sure. Sneak in with a group of other dignitaries or something to get the king's ear or like sneak into the Privy Council. Right. 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 And then they've still
2: gotten to the court. Sure. They've still gotten to that point B, but they made the choice of how it went and you as the GM said, Yes. And now you're there. So I you're get, still you're still guiding where the story goes. But yes. it, the players feel like they're in control of it. But the players made their own point B. No, they didn't because they're still at point B which no, is the court. No, if, if no no that's point C. Oh, that's no, the, the court gra- was point, that's point B. That's the gravy. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I think is that the
1: cherry
0: on top? No, that's the gravy. Basically, <laughs> I guess the thing is if is if point what I point A is is where I started. Point B is seeing the king. Uh right there's stuff that i have laid out that i i've given as breadcrumbs to the right to the the players to say here's how you can get to point b right if if i'm railroading you you must do those things because that's how i want the story that's always the way i think about it as a gm that's how i want the story to come out so i'm going to make you follow my story right and then that's railroading if you have some other way to get to point B, like I don't get the letter of introduction, I sneak in with other dignitaries. Okay, you still got to point B. My linear story is still intact. Right. You didn't go the options that I gave you to get there. Right. Now, there may be different repercussions sure. based on the fact that you got there without a letter of introduction.
2: So basically, the very, the very nature of the way we like to GM and we encourage GMing, the yes and style of GMing, defeats railroading. Because you're not saying no, you have to do it this way. We're saying yes, and now it, you you are still getting them where you want them to go, but they don't feel that they are being led that like that. I think. Well, and that's
0: and again, that's if you if you want to. But I guess the thing, like with, and it, and it is right because I think the big difference is is finding that that space between railroading and complete open sandbox, right. Mm-hmm. Right, Um, and a lot of times for me, I have in my mind, and in fact, in the Star Wars campaign right now, I have a timeline of events that are happening, and you guys are going where you're electing to go in that timeline of events, right? And in fact, Stork got a like two, two or three sessions ago, got it. He was like, "I'm checking the 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 spacey interwebs for information," (laughs) and I said, "Like, yeah, here's a thing that comes through." it was like huh okay huh you've never done anything with it nope. and you may never do anything with it but that right. has occurred mm-hmm. right
1: and and there's things going around on, on in the background yes that right now are independent of what we're doing at some point our actions may start affecting that yes may or
0: may, or may not affect that right. right or those things because you did one thing means you didn't tackle another thing right right um and so there's in in my mind, there's a big linear. Sounds weird. There's a big linear storyline that's happening in the background, mm-hmm. where you choose to intersect with it and do things with it is shaping how what the right. end result is. Right. That's so. kind of
1: that's kind of more of the design by timeline mm. kind of things. Like there's a series of events that are occurring. At some point, you're, you're, the players may decide this is a bad thing, and we should try to interfere with this. And then that timeline will modify and change depending on how the players, speaking of in a very general term. That's kind of the way I I tend to design things. Mm -hmm. I don't tend to design them with, here are the five things you need to do to get to the sixth
3: thing. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the D&D modules back in the day um, were railroady? Sure. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, dungeon, dungeons are railroading. Well, yeah, but sometimes they were out in, in towns and stuff. Sometimes, to, and sometimes they were—you know—you had to go hike across and you had encounters. I remember sometimes we play those those modules, and people wouldn't go to certain places, but the, it didn't negate the module. Well, let me let me change that because the
1: adventures themselves, and any adventure, cannot be railroading. I'll, I'll put that out there. It is only a, a GM who will make it so. Okay, because mm-hmm. the GM is willing mm-hmm. to look at it and either add in that the players say, "Oh, you know what? We don't want to get a letter of introduction. We're going to disguise ourselves as trapeze artists and we're going to come in with the entertainment for the night, and then we're going to hide in the king's privy chamber so that when he shows up, then we're going to ask him for a
3: favor." And oh, a good whatever. GM will roll with that, and a bad GM goes flipping through the module trying to find that page that has that.
2: It's like that's not in there. You can't say, do
1: it. No, you can't do that. Yeah, right. You're you're have right. To do, you have to. There's four ways to do it, and you have also. That's point. what
2: we're going to do in the next Elden game. We're totally going to disguise ourselves as trapeze artists. I'm so thinking of...
1: Uh, three orc trapeze artists. They weren't trapeze artists. It was more like a kabuki theater thing. In, uh, forty-seven, even r- better. 47
0: Ronin. Orcish kabuki theater. Yes. Really good. Oh,
3: I was bringing that up because it's not an example of uh, like a, a timeline design. A design no. on a timeline. It's more of a design in, a, in an area, right? You know, there's... Uh, I can think of a couple of modules that took places in towns, like you know the village of Hamlet, for example. Right. And yeah, it had a little crawl in it, but for the, but it was a lot of running around this little village.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that, but I think that's the thing, right? That that kind of those kinds of designs, I think the, the, the prefab dungeons are a great example. That those were really made to feel like here's something you could just go do, just do this thing. And we've right. try, and, they, and we've tried to think of every event, or uh, at least a lot of eventualities. Right, because right, I remember you read through those and say, "If the party does this, if the party does this, if the party does this," mm-hmm. right? So they would try to plan that out. But, but in the end, pretty much, you know, if you if you weren't a GM who was going to yes and, they didn't really help you out right. past that because no. the party is like, oh, we're going to do this instead," and then you'd be like, "Uh, that's not one of my options." Then you
2: go, "No," and that makes you a bad GM,
0: right? And well, or, or at least it makes it. It makes the players try to figure out, well, what am I supposed to go do?
3: Because that's what people, back in the day, that's how we learned at a GM. We figured, oh, these, this came from the source. This is what you, how you design an adventure. This is how you design a campaign. Um, it's only later on when you run into the games a bunch of times you run into a GM that just takes that as an outline and runs with it rather than sticking to the word that you go, oh, there's another way. Does, but I guess my point is, I mean, is... It, I guess Stu Stu hit it on the head, which is it depends on how you run that. You can railroad it or you can you can use it as you know, use the information in it and not railroad your players down certain paths. Right. But there is a there is a definite railroad equality to just setting up an adventure that has
2: that takes you to various places. And I, I guess I guess we all can be we have to, we have to be careful about it. Or? Well, I, well that's exactly what, what um what David is talking about. When you say when people say anything less than an, a completely open sandbox is a railroad, right. you're, 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 you're painting G- uh, GMs with this broad brush of railroading and saying, unless you let your players do everything they want to and completely control the story, you're a railroading GM and you're bad. So, I- linear design, yeah, there's a big difference between linear design and railroading. Well, and the, the thing is, there's a huge
1: line that needs to be drawn between scenario design and sitting down at the table. The adventure that you write up, in and of itself, cannot be railroady. It is how you present it to the players, and it's what happens when the players show up with it. How you design an adventure has no effect whatsoever on whether or not you're a railroady GM. You can sit and design it as meticulously as you like and come up with every detail and try to figure out every eventuality that might possibly occur and create this huge... Uh, like quest tree of all the different possible actions people might do and that's great you've done a great job if you insist on enforcing that at the table there you got a problem that's when the railroad but riots, if you're willing yeah. to throw the, all that really hard work out god knows why you did it at the beginning but if you're willing to throw it out and, and give it up when the players sit down and they're ready to go then it's not a problem so I, scenario design
2: in and of itself I don't think it can be railroaded yeah, I agree. Every GM who sits down and plans an adventure has the perfect path through it in their head. Sure. Whether they admit it to the players or not, you or have themselves. the, or yourself even, you have the perfect path through your adventure in your head. If the players take that path, great. If they don't, it's up to you to figure out how to get them to keep coming back to that path or still, you know, if they want to go through, instead of going through the maze, make a big loop around it or break through the walls to get to your predetermined end game
0: I will I will say that in the last traveler game we played and again I'll I'll tread lightly since mm-hmm. I've not posted yet there was there were things I thought you would do and and an order in which I thought things would probably occur based on where the last session ended mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so that's how I in my head planned out that fifth episode and that is no, that is not how it went. Right. <laughs> right. Sure. Which, but was great because I also knew, and this I think is the m- maybe speaks more to the point A, point B things. Like I, I knew what people's motivations were at in the scenario. So when you guys changed things, I said, great. What would this person do? They would do this, <laughs> and then that changed. The scenario. I know exactly what you're talking about, right? It's like <laughs> so. Okay, now that happens, and that you know, and and then for me, and, and I like, think as GMs, the fun part is now in that time for the next game. It's like, oh shit! Okay, pop, pop, Like this happened. I didn't expect that. This exists. This doesn't exist. This, you know, or whatever it is, right? And you go through and and alter your world state a little bit, mm-hmm. but but really, it's the 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 point. The point B in that scenario uh, occurred. In my mind, I thought, like, oh, this is where probably like I, I think the, the party needs to get to. right?" Sometimes that's not expressed super openly, right? right? And if you think about the big point B, and maybe it's not point B, but at the beginning of the Star Wars campaign, you guys have a clear mission. Sure. I will say you have done not None a lot <laughs> right. to actually advance that mission. Right. We're, yeah, <clears throat> it occurred to me the other day. I'm like, we're still ch-
1: chasing down the same clue, or we were chasing down the same clue. Right? Do you remember what our mission parameter was? Yeah, we're trying to get. Yeah, the, we're trying to find trying that, to that find guy. What's his name? Darth Anon. Right. Yeah, yeah but we're chasing down a guy because he had. We think that he had some kind of connection with him somehow. And then we kill them. <laughs>
3: Well, no, you killed him. Oh, spoiler!
0: Yeah, spoilers. yeah.
3: <laughs> That's no, you, uh, we've we've tracked down a bunch of people. There were the guys in the bar. There was the guy in the alley. All of those
2: people had information. The guy in the bar is the same guy from the last game. Yeah, oh, shit, you, you didn't learn from the mistake. <laughs> but it's and but the it's, same thing happened to this <laughs> guy. <laughs>
0: But it's but it's just but I think but for me as the as like I in my head there's linear design like okay this is where the this is the next like there's a next place sure in my in my mind in the in the design right mm-hmm. that it's like oh then this is the next step this is the next point even in the bigger storyline right right it's like that next point has the the party has not elected to explore that point or go to that point or do anything about that point. And and I'll probably throw a refresher out just to right. remind everybody what the point That's is. Probably good. I right, guarantee we forgot but it, yeah. but it's not. <clears throat> but it's not with the intention of you must now go there and go there in this way. It's just like all. Just so you know,
2: the thing I love about that game is I can I can say out loud, "This is my plan," and someone can repeat that plan word for word, and it sounds like the stupidest thing I have ever heard. <laughs> and I go, man, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to swim out there and fire this rocket at that door. And someone says, you're going to swim out there and fire the rocket at that door. And I'm like, no, that's dumb. Why would I do that? Why would I do something like that?
0: So I think, I think that part of the, uh, and I think that is the thing. With the linear design, it is perfectly fine to say, these are the points I want players to get to. Sure, right? These are like the main story points. But how you get there, I can't care about. And ultimately, if you choose not to go there... I probably need to change my story. And that's the difference between a, a, a tabletop RPG and a computer RPG, right? Right. Because I mean, like, I'm playing... I'm, I'm 100 hours in on Dragon Age Inquisition, and it's I think it's freaking phenomenal. I'm having an amazing time I, playing. I'm playing
3: Origins, same thing.
0: Yeah, and it's... But it's, it's a linear story, right? But they give you enough in there to feel like you're actually have some player agency which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting even though really probably ultimately at the end you kind of get to the you kind of get to point b by the end right right um though in uh in inquisition uh i've uh, elspeth read that it has 40 different endings jesus wow right like at the end like what happens now those might be variations i have no idea right but we we're both playing and we're both around the same place and our games though very similar there is enough differences in them where it's like really fascinating to watch each other play mhm um, and so i think that that is that is linear that's that's very your linear very linear game design that doesn't feel railroady even though actually it it it's the, is. It's the. It's the <laughs> <antithesis> <laughs> it it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it. But that. That is done. That is crafted so well, where even though it's like, yeah, I'm on this ride, and I'm gonna at the end, I'm gonna be done with that ride, but it doesn't feel like I had no options. And a lot of it is because even though the, like for example, yes, at the, uh, at the end of this conversation with this character, I'm gonna get the same piece of information. The interactions I had with that character to get there can feel very different. Sure and and i know that i have options right and i think maybe that's another element of linear design versus railroading design is i'm i i know that i have an option i have the i oh i want to go this way or do that or say this or answer nicely or brusquely or mm-hmm. punch them or whatever it is right I, i'm still going to get to the end of that conversation with the exact same piece of information but i didn't feel like i had only
2: one singular thread. Right. right. It's and, like if you need if you need information from, say, a merchant, and your players go in and your players can either beat it out of that merchant and get the information, or they can be nice to him and get the information, it changes... There's some ramifications that happen. Right. Either, it changes way. the way the game plays and the way the players feel about the game, and it can also change the future game. Right. But if you go around, all the merchants some people stop selling to
3: you, right. perhaps, if you start beating them up. Um... Uh, that's an interesting point to bring up, and that's you. You still have or you're working within the framework of a linear thing, but yet it doesn't feel railroady. It doesn't feel like you know because they still had choices, and so you say to yourself, they they they're going to get the information if they go talk to the shopkeeper, whether they beat it out of them or whether they take it off his dead body or whether they they bar- barter for it. Either way, they're going to get that information, but the ramifications of either one of those three actions have ha- can affect the way the game them that plays from then on. Right.
0: Yeah and I think that 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 it, then it becomes the part that makes it a a non-railroady linear design. Right? It, and it's great cuz you can say like wow, these guys all they ever do is come in and just like torture information out of people. So holy crap, if they come to you and ask you a question like Maybe you don't want to be there. Maybe now no one will talk to you. <laughs> right. right. Who knows?
2: Or maybe now they just tell you everything you want to know before you have a chance to torture them. Sure. Or they tell you what they think you want to know.
0: Right. Or now maybe that, or now maybe as opposed to getting information from those contacts, it's like, yeah, now the, the local city guard is after your ass. Right. 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 And so now and that avenue of information is closed to you. Maybe another one is open to you now because the Assassin's Guild is interested. Like, you, know, you can right. use it to still move people around. But, but, And I think that, that to me, is, uh, is one of the reasons a tabletop is so fun, right? Is you get to play that out. And you get to, to, to play with those interactions and, and, as a GM, modify your story.
2: Right, and that's why there will never be a video game that compares to the feel yeah. of sitting down at a, with a, G, a live GM. Right, because
0: okay. the, the years of work you've done to build that, that video game right you, you once it's like there is no ability to then go like all oh, yeah let's just scrap that right cuz right. wow you guys wanted to go this completely other direction you, know, mm-hmm. you wanted to climb over the mountain that has an actual like invisible wall on it because I don't want you to go over that part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want right,
2: to didn't pay to have it built, right? <laughs> yeah. gotta, yeah. Or, God forbid, you kill everybody who has the information you need and then you can't progress at all. Yeah.
0: Wah, wah. <laughs> wah,
2: wah.
1: Outside the asylum says, uh, railroad design also seems to be that the GM has come up with the only solution to the problem rather than coming up with the problem and letting the players solve it their own That's way. A, and which is, yeah. we, we, we've
2: preached about that
1: often. Yeah, and he agrees with Stork. Rare. he got got someone wow. who agrees with you, so, uh, Stork. Wow. Whoa. Stork is over. rolling well.
2: That's a someone, someone agrees with him on the internet.
1: That's a good indication that you we might be to call wrong. We need that yeah. a tendency of hell is 2015. It's 2015. 2015. It's a, it's a new it year, is. man. It's, it's the year is. of Stork. It's, it is. It's it's the it's Chinese it's year the of the year Stork.
2: stork. <laughs> it's the year of the Stork. We need a shirt that says that. Call. The year of the Stork. What's the other course? It's like a whining
3: sound. It's a whining sound? It it literally is. (laughs) 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 They just grumble all the
1: time. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, I think uh, that if you don't enforce negative consequences uh, that players have coming, you're doing a disservice to them. They've chosen that path. Let them walk it. JPK said
2: that. Yeah, Bruce did that. A couple weeks ago, TPK to party, right? Told them bad things are coming, and then they went okay and stood there and talked about it and argued about it (laughs) and (laughs) argued about it it for a long time. You guys get hit with a fireball, which apparently in Hero just straight murders you. You Can, Well we had. I don't want to spoil it, but
1: we in the last in the last D and D game, the fate of the party came down to one initiative (laughs) roll. Wow. Were we all
2: close enough together at that point?
0: Yeah,
3: yeah
1: <laughs> at
0: probably. that point, I think
1: you were. I
3: think you were. Yeah, no um, one. <clears throat> I think it's always a shock to uh, to people when we um, when we actually take the murder hobos to task and have consequences for their mm-hmm. actions. Because I remember as a kid, we were just torture prisoners for information, no, sure. and there was never any consequences. No. Recently, if you'd go and torture a bunch of people, that word gets out. You get in trouble for it or whatever. But there's consequences to people's actions, and that's such a big. I don't think a lot of people play that way. No. And, or they should. I well, think. They might now.
1: Yeah. I mean, someone mentioned earlier on that it's kind of unfair to talk shit about the old modules because it really was kind of a different hobby than what we're doing now. Oh, absolutely. It, it was it
3: just it, We weren't playing that kind of game back then. No. We were all motor hobos back then. Well, the game enforced it. Kind of,
0: yeah. I mean, and I think the thing that uh, I will say I had some reservations about was playing in a Pathfinder game. So when Tyler was running the the pirate game, he was like, oh, these are all in books. They're all modules, right? It's just going to be, okay, now you must go to the island of Rat Skull and you must blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God. Because I I remember that when I was a kid and playing that. Like, that was the bomb. That was awesome, right? That was the shit. But now it's just like, all, oh, God, I don't want to feel like everything is on here. But then what I realized it was, one, because Tyler's a, a great GM, and then, two, it's like, no, this is just all the stuff that can happen. Right.
2: There's, oh, it's crazy in the Pathfinder Adventure uh, modules that's like, all right, they might do this. Here's 17 things that could happen to them. Right. It's just, oh, they're like, out at sea? Here's 30 encounters that they
0: might meet. Right. And, and at the same time, it, it's having that faith in your GM to know that, like, even if they've done, in, th- in this case, have purchased all that meticulous work, mm-hmm. right, when we go off book, that it's not just going to become the, like, I have no idea where to go.
2: Like, right. when you guys are like, we, we want to see if there's any old maps. Right.
0: <laughs> all right.
2: Um, okay. Yeah, all right. You guys find a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's old.
1: Uh, Orcboss mentioned something, and I think this is something that g- all GMs should always think about. I've been trying to get better about not giving players problems they can kill their way out of. Yeah, make it make that not the easiest thing, mm-hmm. or the the torture or the murder makes like well that's got a, that's got, either got consequences or we're in a situation where that just won't
2: work. We have. I think that that is that can be a problem based on your system. It can because sure. if you're if you're playing like Pathfinder. Everything on your character sheet tells you how to kill things. Right. Nothing on your sheet says, Oh, this is how you can go talk to a person and get information from them. It d- it's all about your your stats physically. Isn't that most games what's on your sheet Wait, in
3: most games that well unless you have a, a social combat mechanic. Not necessarily. That's that's what I was gonna That's what I was gonna <laughs> well, not bring up social <laughs> combat mechanics, but But your character sheet is full of things, and we're all kind of trained that way, especially if you play MMOs or play it old. We're trained to kill our way out of stuff. I I remember years ago you had a conversation with somebody who said, I think think you guys even called the company or checked online to say, is there a way to solve this? It was a game, I think an online Mm -hmm. game you were playing. Is there a way to solve this particular puzzle without killing anything? Do, Do I have to kill my way out of it? And if a GM sets up a situation where you have to kill your way out of it, that's that's what you end up doing all the time. Sure. I think... Um, I remember a of Kimmy's game, where you guys showed up ready to kill the goblins, and then ended up having to talk your way out of it.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, the, the ghosts. Yeah. There was, you know, there was the, the ghosts of children, and it, we started out in combat with them, and like, wow, they're really hard to kill. Because she was using XP for HP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. It's these, like, little ghost things have... Six hundred <laughs> hit points. Have <laughs> more than demon lords. Um, I I started role playing with. Uh, That's what made. Uh, excuse me. No, That's guys. what made us start to talk to them instead because we realized
2: we're going to lose this fight because <laughs> we're running out of hit points and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got my start playing role playing with yeah. uh, Vampire the Masquerade, which is pretty much equally social and can be equally social and physical, depending on your, your storyteller, your GM. Um, I, I played in games where we went months without any kind of physical combats Mm -hmm. where everything was, let's go talk to people. Let's figure out puzzles. Let's, let's do research. And there were things on our character sheet that helped us do that. There were abilities and certain, certain clans had had powers that helped them with that social interaction. And so it can be on your sheet where it's not. Here's how you kill stuff, but
0: it's most fu- games
2: that are that are simulationist, like D and D and Pathfinder, are here's how you kill things.
0: But I, I wonder if part of that isn't because that's that's the part you really need to abstract in that way. Sure. Where like here's yeah. hit points and weapons and armor and all those mechanics, and so when that occurs, when and I'm maybe like violence is the only option. Well, here's all the mechanics of that, because you can't really sit and kind of figure that out at the table. Right. Whereas all the other things, like the social elements, talking, figuring out, puzzling. like It's like, yeah, I don't really need to give you mechanics. You don't need it on a sheet. You don't need it on a sheet. Yeah. But the... the- the, uh, well, uh, what happens with that is like I think what Tyler was saying is like but then when that's all you ever see on your sheet that's all you ever think about
2: right well, when all you have is a hammer every problem looks like, like a nail
0: for yeah. the
3: in the traveler game I made a character that had absolutely no combat skills right so every situation we got in I had to figure out a way to talk my way out of it or now, go, I tend or or to go play sit and, and read a book I what tend to kids? play that <laughs> way anyway I tend to play like uh, combat because I roll so poorly combat is not my friend so I always try to talk my way out of situations anyway but I mean if you if you end up with a character that is not combat based Say a bard or something, you know. You're you're going to come up with situations. You're going to come up with ways to talk your way out of it, or sneak into places to get the information you need. I think it's it's an
2: interesting distinction that maybe people need to focus more on that. In the last D and D game, I tried to talk our way out of that problem too, but you did. That dude wasn't having it. No, he had no he had no interest in talking. (laughs) He was better than me, and he knew it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he well, thought he thought it. He,
0: maybe <laughs> we don't know. We will never know.
2: You know, I I will say I'm pretty sure he was better than me. He was not better than a rhino, though.
3: <laughs> no, no, he was not better than a rhino. I <sighs> have no idea what you guys are talking about. It sounds funny. <laughs>
1: they gave him rhinos. You should
2: listen to the 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 uh, the, the, the Eldame actual play. We have rhinos. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm going to blame Chris for that. Uh, it was the worst yeah. mistake I ever Chris
2: and made. <laughs> <laughs> I, Chris and I have rhinos. And, and Stu tried really hard to kill my rhino in the last game. I did. I
0: did. I <laughs> they didn't almost go. died. They have a lot of and hit points. Yeah, they, they have
2: more hit points than anybody. And they uh, they oh. have more hit points than... Pretty much any two people. Not now. Not now. Any not two people, level. they have more hit points. Oh, than. The, no, yes. should they level? Uh, probably not. Are they combat randos?
3: You're like trained in combat. Yep. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Uh, they have to get like stomped, too.
2: No. <laughs> it's it's like two attacks that they get, but they're yeah. pretty brutal attacks. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: Benny's and shit from Torlabs seventy four. Who would like to read this? I'll read that one.
2: All right. Greetings, you astastic douchey cock goblins of gaming supremacy, and because I'm a sexist bastard, hello to any of the lady folk as well. Hello, ladies. Mm-hmm. That's just creepy. Uh, you, did you do so that yourself? <laughs> no! That's, I didn't do that myself? That sound makes me That's uncomfortable. That's canned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 <laughs> <laughs> Recently, I was nerd casting Nerd-castening. Ca- nerd cast- casting Okay. okay. L- listening to a nerd-cast. Uh, Nerd-castening. Okay. To Season 7, Episode 15. A listener had emailed about when and why he hands out bennies, e.g. a PC takes a bullet to save another PC or NPC, etc. When I hear bennies, I think Savage Worlds. I must note that I have never played Savage Worlds, but I own and have read the Savage Worlds Deluxe Explorers Edition. It's ten bucks! How could I go wrong? I agree. Yeah. yes, yeah. ten bucks. Go buy that book. I like what I have read and heard. I also love your emphasis on roleplay, and I can see the fun in handing out bennies. However, one reason that I have not taken the leap into Savage Worlds is the frequently mentioned idea of bennies as hit points. I hear people say that they hand out bennies for making the group laugh, and this hurts my brain a little because, as with your podcast, my gaming groups have a lot of laughs and jackassery. We don't need any help laughing. Maybe I could hand them out once everyone finally shuts the fuck up and plays the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is not my biggest can, problem. <laughs> I love that that's not his biggest problem. Right. All right. I actually like it most when we are bullshitting around the table, so if it makes it more fun, go with it. But handing out a benny or a hit point for taking a bullet sounds kind of wacky to me. I can dig handing out bennies for taking a bullet or some other cool dramatic action. However, I just can't get behind the idea that these bennies as hit points or representation of physical damage capacity is a good idea. I can back bennies giving them bonuses or modifiers to help make the story or their actions bigger and better later in the game, but not hit points. In my mind, it is, and, in my mind and it is scary in there, it takes the danger and thus the drama out of the act of intentionally taking a bullet. I like the idea that if one survives this brave or stupid act, that they get a Benny to further fuel their cinematic or dramatic actions later on. Of course, it really comes down to what is fun for the group, but that is my couple bits. Someday I'll take the leap. Take then, a drink.
1: Let me just explain, because I he under, he under, he's understanding what we were talking about when we had this epiphany. Yeah, we, we basically were talking about it in shorthand. The pool of Benny is a player possesses is very much analogous to hit points in like D and D or Pathfinder. It is a pool of thing it, it is it is a pool of opportunities to avoid being hurt and being taken out of the game. Uh when you're when you're when you're playing and you get the situation where you get shaken and you can just I, I don't remember the mechanics yeah. anymore. You can spend a Benny to like just get rid of the shaken. It's, right? five, get rid of the of the it's five
0: o'clock somewhere, right? right it, exactly. it is
1: um, but you, you you just throw At in you throw go. in a benny nope. and if you've got a pile of them the reason we came up with this analogy was because i was sitting on a stack of of um, what are the big bad guys called uh there's a name for them wild cards wild cards you know, i was sticking yeah. on, I was sitting on a big stack of like wild card bennies and you guys were fighting the big bad and you're fighting him and he keeps getting shaken he keeps getting shaken so i'm spending one boom and it's going into little glass clinking every time and you guys are like watching this and you're like okay he's gonna run out of him eventually he's gonna run out of him eventually and finally i did and the next round comes around and you guys hit him and finally take him out and it takes probably two or three rounds before you guys were able to like take this guy mm-hmm. out but you're watching the whole time as the number of bendies are going in there and you know he's getting low on him and he's gonna run out that's the analogy we were talking about. Not that here's a hit, here's a Benny because you just got shot. You got instantly healed. No, it it, it is. It's not an award for it. It is the pool of of Bennies you have are kind of part of your hit point mechanic in the game. That's what we're talking about. Right.
2: The more dramatic shit you can do, the more you can dramatically shake off bullet wounds.
0: Exactly. Right. Right. Or or conversely. Because I've used Bennings a lot and seen Bennings get used a lot in games I've run to try to do that crazy thing. Sure. So like, I'm going to wow, that's really hard. You have a high target number. like a lot of there. okay, I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm, re- I'm going to re-roll. Yeah. I'm going to re-roll. The, like, last, right? the
3: last Freak Show game that you played, you played the uh, the Hunger Artist, who's a martial artist. And there was this thing being thrown across the room. And he's like, I'm going to try for it. I'm going to try to knock. I'm going to try to hit it. Okay.
0: It's so like, I got a stack of bennies. We can yep. make this I'm, work. I'm going to... That's that's the dramatic thing I want to do. Yep. Right. So I basically just reserved my action this whole time. And then when this thing came up, it was like, I, I got one shot to mm-hmm. break this thing. Right. To, like, punt like, you know, key punch it and break it. And I'm like, okay, great. Here we are. Like, it wasn't about, you know, removing damage or something. He's like... There's a dramatic moment yeah. It's gonna be badass yeah. if I can pull it off. And I know it's gonna be really freaking hard.
3: And that's that's it, what that's what Savage Worlds excels at is this, that pulpy action, right? right. And it's supposed—that's kind of what bennies are supposed to be there for. And I think right. for
2: them to feel like really impactful, you need to have a glass or metal container on the table <laughs> right. to throw them <laughs> yep. into. You got to hear that clink sound mm-hmm. that knows someone just do a fucking benny. That's right. It's why I think for inspiration in the D and D game, we need a physical object for them. Because we, we've forgotten to use them. Oh, yeah. For two levels. Well,
1: I thought, like, didn't I hand out poker chips?
2: No. No. Okay, I, I'll hand out poker chips. We have those, then we know that this is a thing we can use. And Well, the thing was interesting.
0: I think it was, even when we did the character gen for for Star Wars, I gave everybody bennies for the re-rolls. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And there was like we didn't record it but like and i put the big glass Mm -hmm. thing in the middle and i had an idea that then i i kind of can't didn't fall through that where i was going to do things called uh force chips and light side and dark side chips that were going to have that had game mechanic-y things um none of them were hit points but they would like add to rolls and things like that and then it was like oh you did something that was like really fucking dark here's a dark side chip and you can only use it to, like, influence dark side and things like that. And then, and it's actually in a couple of the tables. And I'm mm-hmm. going to go and pull them out because was like, oh, uh I never really fleshed that mechanic out. It's a good put idea. It as an optional thing. Yeah. But right. remove it from character gen. Because I had people ask me in the forums, like, hey, there's this thing about dark side and light side chips. What is that? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a vestige of an idea that I had. And I'll just put the, the ideas separately in a doc. But... But I, but there is that element. You've got a physical thing mm-hmm. like that's like oh yeah. Might, here's where I use it and yeah, and hearing it yeah. There's something right. very tactile yeah. about it. You need to have like a like a little tiny crash symbol
1: in
3: the glass. So hit it, it goes
2: right. Just to
3: bring it back to the whole awarding Benny's again. You can award Benny's for what you want or what you don't want. that's It's your game. If you if you don't want to award bennies for somebody doing something humorous at the table, that's fine. Th- that's your game. You can do whatever you want. In fact, um, Savage Worlds even says that. They say, you know, it's up to your discretion. Right. Um, I've sometimes used it to coax... Um, shy players into more role playing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say, you, you know, if you want to talk to them, you can get a benny. But I don't do that with everybody. So it's yes, it can be a double standard in a lot of sure. ways because it's a it's a, it's a very biased biased. I, I've, used,
1: I've used bennies to have people flash me. D-
3: okay, no,
2: not, <laughs> not yet. Next con. Um, <laughs> I am definitely running dead president to the next con now. So uh, I can't because that's a I good cannot
0: idea. wait for Hive Mind to flash you. So Torlov, if you do have some <laughs> hot, hot action right there,
2: <laughs> so Torlov, if you don't, I, don't want to, to work com- bennies, I just like I want a jib,
0: jib lap dance for me. There's a <laughs> benny for me. Come on, baby.
2: I actually want to run a game where if players do stupid shit. I take bennies away. I actually did that once. Like as a I'll joke. just reach across the table and take one of their bennies away.
3: I did that once as a joke, and it occurred to me it might actually be an interesting mechanic. I'm
2: like. Just, just shake your head at them. Take So Take their benny away. The, the one
0: thing that I found when I was, uh, I, I for about three or four sessions, I ran a Savage Worlds game at work, uh, and I found it was, it, like it was, hard to remember to give bennies because I was it so like, is. okay, I'm running this stuff. What are you doing there? I'm taking notes, holding, it, and I was like, oh right, shit, I got to hand bennies out.
2: That's why in Dead Presidents, right. I give each player their regular bennies, and then I give them each three that can only be given to other players. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I really that. like that. That's a, a, such a because good idea. Because then I don't have to worry about it, and there's twenty or uh, uh, 18 extra bennies on the table that will get handed out, because the players... And that's what I really love about con games. They use those bennies. Because yes. they know there's no point in saving them. Right. So they all get used, and they all get passed around, and it really encourages group interaction right. and and to your point about i think it will
0: help to have a, a physical thing for inspiration in the 5e game mm-hmm. like I, I forget about it because it's a newer mechanic for for D. Mm-hmm. but then also it's the fact that it's like we should be using them because they get refreshed every level right and boy, use them or we, we lose them we boy. should have been using the shit out of them in levels one and two yeah <laughs> right oh yeah because now it's gonna get longer and longer between one level mm-hmm. oh you get
1: more i think with every level you're gonna yeah. get more precious yeah. Yeah, I forgot we haven't been using that
0: rule at all. Yeah, we? yeah, and you know, Bruce even has a... Bruce has a thing song. that he can just yeah. drop
2: it like on one person around, I think. That's right. his action. But like maybe if you bring over a bunch of your multicolored D6s and just here's your inspiration dice. He's got, got I've got tons of chips. 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 Shit ton of them. So Torov's email wasn't done. He has some PSs here. Go PS, God's damned, you guys are funny. PS, great gaming discussions. Oh, and beer too, but mostly really entertaining. PS, fuck you i all think right. i was that was AU. all right all right probably yeah all Right. thank you thank you Torlab 74
3: appreciate it one note where have you been all my life email from rav who would like to read this uh, i guess it's my turn i'm gonna i may sneeze halfway through it though dear venerable venable and the knights of the summer's eve that's that's a good one.
2: That's a new one.
1: That is. It's
3: Summer's Eve. That nice. yeah, go, goes right with the Crimson King.
1: The I was going to say, it's, yeah, it's right. like it's a Dresden a Files
2: a- thing, but also we're douches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hi, I'm Rav. I'm something on the forum, but I haven't been on in years, so I have no clue what that name I used. Been listening for, to your podcast for a while, and I'm still loving it. Fairly recently, Stu has been raving about using OneNote to track his campaign. I'm preparing to resume my Norse campaign for its fourth year. After wow. a holiday hiatus, so Congratulations, I decided to check it, it out. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, you know, I decided to check it out since it's free. I am astounded by how useful a tool it is for such a purpose. It has the functionality of a wiki, but it's much more user friendly.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm still learning new things about the software, such as you can use hyperlinks to link pages. I remember when Stu found that out. Yeah, it was you know, awesome.
1: Oh, you can hyperlink! Oh my
3: God! Ah! <laughs> was
0: pretty, he was very excited. Oh, no, because I'm using one OneNote oh, now R2. Because right, you talked about it. Right. And so I'm setting up all the Traveler stuff <laughs> in there so I can more quickly track it during gameplay, mm-hmm. especially. And, uh, and I read that, and I'm like all...
2: Ooh. Because oh, like, awesome. i can I'm like, I could do
0: that. I got to go do that. Then,
1: when you mention an NPC, you can have a have his name when you mention him in like your text for your current adventure, right? That can link to his that NPC's page, page that has yeah. all his information. Yeah, oh yeah, It's
2: awesome. <laughs> that
0: way well, you don't have to go dig around and find. Well, well, and that's the thing too, is because I have I'm setting up a page with just I'm setting up a page for each of the PCs for each of the, you guys, right. Where I have all your per- information and, and all the threads and everything, and and I want to go and make pages for all those. Threads and characters and contacts and things. Mm-hmm. So when I go through there, I'm like, oh yeah, click, boom, there it is. Right, right. This as opposed he, to go find it. He it's actually like says so that he here.
3: Such as that you can use hyperlinks to link pages within the notebook to the relevant pages, mm-hmm. but has greatly simplified my task of managing a campaign. Uh, I remember. Is there, is there a steep learning curve? I mean, I'm just sort of... I'm not really. No, it's not really easy. Because
1: you click and start typing. Because you were
3: it. you were discovering things about it, you know, months on end. Oh yeah, there's
1: a lot of functionality built into it that you that is not like obviously right there. You kind of have to look around for it. But if you once you start organizing stuff and no, it goes. Yeah, so, it, so yes, it does have a steep
2: learning curve. Is, is there a steep a tutorial learning curve? To it means you you learn a lot quickly. Okay. Yeah. It's, if it's a gradual learning curve, you, it takes a long time to learn things.
1: Well, it, 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 it's very functional, and you re- then you suddenly co- go along and realize, oh shit, it can do that too, and yeah. then you suddenly have this mi- yeah, miracle, di- miraculous discovery. Yeah. So, oh, and then you go in and re-
3: rejigger everything to make it
1: work. right.
2: I think the- I'm going to go learn about OneNote today.
3: The fact that I can <laughs> sync the notebook on multiple devices is invaluable. Yep. I can do the heavy work on my desktop and access it during the game on my Android tablet to look stuff up or to make notes, all without having to sneaker net. I don't know what that. Oh, sneaker. Net, okay, like the like the the movie. Sneaker net the file to each device. Mm-hmm. Even Obsidian Portal, of which I am a subscriber, doesn't have that versatility at that level of usability. My question to Stu is this: Are there any specific methods or tricks you've learned about tracking a game using OneNote or other such hot software that can be helpful to someone using it for the first time? Now uh, I'll just finish it and then you can answer. Thanks uh, for the podcast and the wealth of information I've mined from it. It's podcasts like yours, including Fear the Boot and even Dragon's Landing, that have really transformed how I play and run games and have served to amplify the joy I get from RPGs. Thanks. Thanks. My only disappointment is the podcast that champions GURPS. There are a dearth of GURPS actual players on your AP feed. However, your AP feed does contain the only GURPS APs that I have found anywhere, yay team. Been wanting to try that system for more than a decade and hoping to find more APs to get the feel of it before I ran it. Me c'est la vie. Oh, yeah. Take a drink of okay. water. It's uh-huh. good to pace yourselves on occasion.
0: Fuck that. Crap. I'll pace myself on a am
3: So what are your like top five one-note tricks that you
1: really
0: um, like, well, other I, than hyperlinks? I, I would s-
1: Every campaign has its own notebook, right? Mm-hmm. And then for the tabs, I always have an NPC tab. And then there's each NPC has his own page. And then you can go in and put in dividers in the list of pages, and you can say, oh, the, these are the orcs that the players might meet," Or you can do it by location. You can also put in uh, specific locations, like I take an NPC, and I can say, uh, Cur- currently in this city. Then I can go and do a search, and I say, show me everything that has this city in it. And it will list all of the pages. So, oh, here's all of the NPCs that are in this city right now.
3: I mean, the, oh, the, the awesome. search The search functionality is phenomenal. So, like, if they walk into a smithy and you go, I'm pretty sure I started that up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Eldamy smithy, bam, up comes there everything about that shop. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, combat,
1: it, I love using it for combat. I'm really waiting for them to come out with the monster manual and all that stuff uh, uh, in a digital format where I can go and I can copy and paste Mhm the stuff out of a PDF actually into OneNote. So I can, like, here's the here's the monster stat for this thing that they're fighting this week. Post it, paste it in OneNote, in it's, because I do encounters, each encounter has its own page, right? mm mm-hmm. Have the stats for all the bad guys, all the stuff that they can do, and then I create, uh, like, a little table for initiative, and put in what numbers they got in the names, and order them right there as, as everyone's rolling their initiative off, and I'm typing it in. And then I just go down the initiative line, and then I have like a little box for every one of the monster stats with their hit points, and keep track of each monster, how many hit points they've lost, who, how much this guy has lost. Last fight we had in the Elden game was pretty complicated, because there mm-hmm. was... Seven bad guys plus the big wizard. And there was thugs and there was dudes. And there were and there were your dudes. And you had like four or five dudes along yeah, had, with their four dudes. seven
3: thugs. So that, and I and there was like NPCs fighting NPCs. It got I got a little overwhelming. Do you think actually having a physical copy of those to mark stuff off might help next time? So you don't have to go, you know, thug A, thug B, thug C. Well, I keep them all t- there,
2: we were
1: using minis, but I kept I kept it I have like little tables inside of OneNote. That shows, here's all of the thugs, where they are on the table, and here's the little hit point things underneath, and I just change their current hit points
0: I, as we go. I think the hardest part of that, and the confusion cleared up, we designated them thugs and dudes, and you said, you guys just run the dudes.
1: Yeah, yes. Because exactly. you were trying to run all the
0: NPCs, right, including having like the NPCs that were kind of on our side fighting the NPCs that were the bad guy NPCs and it was like right. and, and we were saying okay so yeah now it's those dudes turn plus and so then, you guys also see my horrible tactics and you start re- you realize let us run the guys that are helping us <laughs> <laughs> stop helping those guys stand in the back and say woo you guys are kicking butt up there it's like <laughs> pull out your fucking sword get up here
2: right well you did tell that guy if he didn't fight you'd kill him
0: no, he was like, I don't know, I'm really scared. And I said, if you fight those guys, you have a chance to live. If you don't, I will kill you. He <laughs> had an option. And he fought. And he fought. And yeah. <laughs> he did
2: just fine. He, he, That guy did the best, actually, did. out he of did. all those guys. Because he was inspired out by, of all a, the dudes. by a paladin of grumps. Right. But I've put, so I've got screen oh, grabs. maybe we have converts.
1: Maybe. Oh,
2: maybe. need to work that in some
1: downtime. <laughs> you've heard rumors that there are some humans who worship grunge. There, there are out there. Um, the the uh, I put up some screen grabs from OneNote from the L5R game on the forum. I'll try to find that link and put that in the
0: show notes because that kind of shows you how I organize stuff. Well, it's really interesting because before you turned me onto OneNote and I was using it, a lot of the work that I would put in OneNote I was doing, uh, which is very odd because I use it so much for work, in Keynote, which is a presentation thing, mm-hmm. which I then made those PDFs from and put on the... The actual play page. Oh, okay. Right. And the same stuff I, I mailed to everybody. Like, oh, hey, here's some stuff. It's like, here's all the all the races and everything else. Like, you could easily, I can just as easily do that all in OneNote. Yeah. Right? Um, I just wanted to have it in a way, I've, I've gotten super conversant in that program, so it's easy for me to just, like, put pages together like that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm actually going and grabbing a bunch of information I put there and dumping it, the, the right. stuff that's relevant to PCs and to what we're doing in the campaign, back into the OneNote thing. And I'm, I'm super excited before the next game, to kind of have everything laid out in OneNote, because I know it will make it uh, even quicker for me to go and get the information. Because usually, what you guys don't see is when I've got my, you know, I'm, I'm recording on one p pe- on one laptop, and then I've got my Mac laptop out. I usually have like five or six documents open, and I'm flipping back and forth finding this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing like the completely ham-fisted version. <laughs> of oh, yeah. you get out of OneNote. So, I th- yeah, it's a super
2: that,
1: cool tool. That's the best thing is there's just one thing open. Yeah. And it's just, everything is just right there. and And I can have it open on multiple devices, all synced, so I can have my iPad there and I can have... Other stuff I'm looking up over here, and and if I change it here, it's changed there automatically. Well, not automatically, but within within seconds mm-hmm. usually.
3: But yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. What's the what's the hidden functionality on it that you, that you stumbled into that you like the most? The, well, the the hyperlinking thing. The what yeah. I'm what I, the
1: next thing I'm looking for now, and I, it might be in there. I'm not sure. Is to see if it has um f- uh, functionality with regards. to to, to tables to to work like spreadsheets. Hmm. Oh, that's the thing
0: I'm going to look to see if it does. If I that's like
3: a little Excel feature kind of thing, n-
0: I don't know if it does it. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Right, but so look, you could put it in like and like type stuff in and then hit sort by, like and then boom, just like because because it, it'd be great if you started and you had everybody every character's name in like give me your initiatives and you then just just write, write them down and, and just and sort. down dude yeah. sort freaking I that would be it. awesome. Yeah,
1: it might. I don't know. It might, yeah. I, I haven't sat down and tried to figure that out because I don't have a lot of time to. Mm-hmm. explore it. I'm, I'm, if I'm sitting down with it, I'm creating stuff for the game. Right. right.
2: That was actually an app I thought I was going to learn to write apps. An initiative app? Uh, basically an initiative tracker that, that you, would be you good. plug everybody's initiative in and then there's like a spot where you can like put duration effects. Like if somebody's bleeding how many effects, how many things they have That and then it would sort it every round and you just like press the thing and it says next person. To kind of you teach to yourself
1: to write apps. That, that's a good yeah.
2: project. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And then I discovered that like a bunch of initiative tracker apps already exist. Right. Yeah, but, but th- I none still of them made by you though.
1: Right. So I still might do it, and you could brand it. It's fucking Tyler made this shit. That's right. That's what you should call your company.
2: I'd probably, I'd probably actually put Happy Jacks on it because okay. that's going to sell better than anything with my <laughs> name on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, there you go. Thank you, and 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 welcome to the OneNote cult.
3: So you there don't do actually you use physical copies anymore, room. do you? No. See so I, in the chat room I still like OneNote. I still like the character sheet. I still I don't know. I, it's just me. None, I have none
1: of that. Anymore. I'm a Luddite. Everything I've got now is all in OneNote. Now if, if OneNote crashes, I'm fucked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can you can you back it up in the cloud? Uh, it is backed up in the cloud automatically. Oh, there, you there you go. go. Yeah.
0: Everything's in the cloud. Yeah.
2: So JPK has a question in the chat room about OneNote. Uh, th- is this one here? Uh, if you're watching if you're watching, how does OneNote handle
1: versioning? Can you tell what you've what what you've update looking at your most most current document? Uh, well, it it must do it somehow. I don't know how it does it, but if I change something at work, it syncs automatically. But it's a question
0: about versioning
2: when Will when you, you show up. up? Like, yeah.
0: oh, that's the thing I entered at this date. Oh, here's the thing I entered at the next. Date. I don't know.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I noticed know. that when I when I started playing with it. Like, and when you first put your header in there, it has a date bar. Yes, there that shows when I've started that file but i don't know if it then handles versioning past I'm, that i'm, I'm sure there's sure.
2: something you can use to track the history but um not usually not simple like every like a word does it yeah any change that gets made is you, you can get, track changes
1: tracked. and yeah it might it do it might i don't it. know yeah. i have no idea I, like i said i i only find functionality when i sit down i'm like and i get frustrated i'm like okay there has to be a way to do this and it's like oh look there is that's I'm, why i want to find out about the if you can do spreadsheet sorts of
2: things. Right. I'm probably going to end up buying OneNote for Dummies because those are actually fairly decent resources on yeah oh, That's a good programs. idea. Yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's tutorials online, too.
2: Yeah. There are. I've I, I actually, I actually watch
0: YouTube videos I'm, on I'm actually
2: going to start playing a game in Roll20 uh, tomorrow. Oh, really? Um, yeah, Huntley's running... Uh, I'm kind of fascinated UV. to
0: hear <coughs> someone who's directly used that, whether yeah. they like it or not.
2: Well, if, if it goes well, I might consider moving uh, Pirate Pathfinder into that to make it easier for meetups. Because that's our biggest problem is everyone's like, oh, I'm busy. Also, I'm lazy.
0: How would that... Th- who, I don't know. Who's driving far? That makes no sense to me. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm excited to try it out, though. I mean, but I, I felt like we were... Even though we weren't, I felt like we were on the freaking cutting edge in Tappy's Traveler online game. It was right, just right, like all, cam like, with, like, a little tiny... One hand hand with little, little, little windows, picture. and oh, we're That like, was in uh, the early... That was... I mean, like... That, and we all just rolled our own dice. Yeah, right? we trusted each other. I, to roll I, dice.
2: I sat down. I was actually online with Tim the other day and um, checking out the way the maps work. And he can. The GM is the only one who can put tokens into the map, mm-hmm. but he can then assign it to a player. And then we thought <coughs> the thing that I'm always that I was like obsessed with like a, getting a surface tabletop for mm-hmm. is like you put a little ID on your character and you, like it's his turn and you're like, "What's my move?" It'll pop up like an aura and say this is as far as you can move and you can do that you can say here's my starting point give me a 30 foot aura and you can move anywhere within that aura that way you don't have you could do it without counting you would never need squares again right? because everything could be there could just be an aura on the table but that's how it can
1: work uh, you know they rebranded the the surface the did they the the big ass table? the tabletop? Yeah, it's I can't remember what it's called now. It's not it's not called the service because now all the tablets are called the service. Right. Big ass table. I think it's called the big ass table. <laughs> no, I, I don't remember. It's it, it doesn't ass ass sound like a big ass table. The, the whatever the name is, right. I can't remember what
3: they call it. Were we discussing it last podcast? Or it's you, something
1: you, sense or something?
3: Mm-hmm. Or were, was it on the? Ca- we were talking about putting a projector underneath the table and making. Yeah, it really yes, clear. that's right. such a great idea.
1: Well. It, it, Eventually, yeah, there'll be a...
2: Actually, the only reason I'm I'm, I'm hung up on, on the surface, like a tabletop for gaming, is because of interventions at Disneyland. Yeah. I sat down and I was talking to the guy there about it, and he's showing me all this stuff. He's like, oh yeah, you get these little RFID tags, you put them on anything, and he he grabs like an item off the shelf and puts it on the table, and he's like, and, that's, and that ba- that tag tells it, bring up all the pictures related to this souvenir that I bought. Right. And I'm like, oh, you could put one of those on a mini and be like, bring up the character sheet for that mini. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then I was like, "Oh, what if you get put a bunch of RFID tags in a die, and you can roll the die, and whatever's on the face down on the table? It just got kind of crazy from there." You're like, "This
3: is the <laughs> best thing ever!" <laughs> yeah.
2: And then she's a big twenty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A note about
0: cutting people from a game. Jerry from Eugene, is it back to me or? I uh, you know yeah. me, me. me? Oh, okay, no. yeah. Uh, last week you discussed an email in which a player was not comfortable with the idea of phasing a player X out of their game in a dishonest way. I agree completely with your assessment of the situation and that if this person is personal friends with the person, then they need to take this aside. Uh, The issue I see is one of personal integrity. I'm not a confrontational person by nature, but I have seen this sort of situation crop up from time to time over the years. In my eyes, the other person at least deserves to know the situation. As a member of the group, they at least deserve to understand why they're now being excluded. In my eyes, the way to handle this is that the player who wrote in needs to step up and explain to the group why they disagree with this course of action. It's dishonest and not respectful of everyone involved. It's very likely that the reason this is coming up is no one is willing to sit down with player X and break the bad news to him. The player feeling discomfort at this point should probably be the one to approach this. Tell the group that you aren't comfortable with this dishonesty and that you're going to talk to player X directly about the group's decision. Meet the player X for coffee or lunch or something somewhere public, but private enough that you can talk. Where open displays of anger or aggression would be naturally suppressed.
2: Just like breaking up with somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, call and leave a voicemail. Don't don't do it,
2: don't do it in bed.
0: Email. <laughs> Facebook post. Uh, uh, hey, Facebook. why did
2: you unfriend me? Uh, why does your relationship say it's complicated? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should be empathetic but make it clear that this is not something you can really negotiate. Uh, you just feel that they deserve a straight conversation. Do your best to sympathize but make it clear that you're also not happy with the game with him in it. In this way, you're being honest with both sides of this conversation and the issue gets resolved. You should. It's like you need gaming HR.
2: Yeah. You called in the office right. like
0: well, you know, Frank, uh, we brought you in because we want to talk to you about how the game's been going, and uh, oh my so I want to make sure we had a representative here from Happy Jack's RPG, uh, you know, gaming human All right. resources. If anybody
2: needs this service, email me. <laughs> you just to have to do this for a long, didn't you? I know, but um, but you're in. I'm in. I will do this. I will be your 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 bad player mediator. That's right. It, you your gaming know. counselor. And we'll, we'll set it up. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do Skype, because I, I can do nationwide. Right. And uh, 20 bucks per person you want to kick out of your group.
0: Here, there you go. <laughs> Just email Tyler. What's Tyler's uh, what Happy Jacks
1: idea. email? Uh, tyler at uh, uh, happyjacks.org, I yeah. think. I'll double check. Right, there you go. There
2: we go.
0: Um, uh, he might get mad and storm off, but if he has any self-awareness at all, he'll hopefully reflect on this, and when he comes to the next game with an assault rifle, he'll spare your life. Totally kidding about the rifle part. That guy would probably use a knife. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that we're laughing about homicide. That's not Thanks funny. for
0: being the Jack and Apes you are. Jerry from Eugene, Oregon. Juberberry on the forums.
2: I will laugh if somebody actually contacts me and says, we need you to kick somebody out of our group for us.
0: You know, it, it is interesting, though, because it's, it's difficult when you're like, how do yeah. we not have this person around anymore because nobody wants them around?
2: And especially if you know them. That makes it even more difficult. Is you don't, you, Nobody wants to be the guy who says, hey, you're an asshole. You can't hang out with us anymore.
3: Right, Stu and I early on had this discussion about uh, we usually just play with friends. It's like, we had some emails come in where it's like, they weren't friends, they were just people they played games with, and Stu and I scratched our head over that. like, what? I don't get that. Right. right. It was like, oh, in this asshole we play, why would you play with somebody you don't like? No, yeah. So, uh, but if it is a friend, and then it's he just changes when he starts to play the games, and that's when it gets awkward to us. I'm always coming at it from a friendship point of view. Yeah, I mean, and that... And that
1: my my whole thing
3: was that you're gonna, I'm going to
1: handle it entirely different if it's someone who's part of my social circle, work, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's just someone who only see because of the game and was is a stranger otherwise. But that's... Because like, that once, you,
2: once you kick that person out of the game, they're out of him. your life. You don't right. see them anymore. But if it's somebody you hang out with regularly... Which is pretty much who you play with anyway. Most of the people yeah.
3: you play with or, or run games for yeah. are your personal friends that you then have to run into at parties. But to exactly. yeah. think
2: of it, every gaming horror story I've ever heard has been from... So we found this random guy to join our game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pickup group, right? It's just like, it's just like in WoW, when you get that so random. So I, I went on Craigslist looking for gamers. <laughs>
0: Which, first of all, was a little weird uh, from the responses I got
2: in Craigslist. Well, I thought casual encounters. I thought that was like D and D encounters, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, it's not like RPGA. It's just a casual game. where you do. <laughs> Isn't there an internet thing
3: where they they went to Vegas and they tried to pay a hooker to play the cleric? For their game. Yes. I don't know yes. if it's a
1: true yes. story, but it's okay. so awesome.
0: I love this. So Outside the asylum, says take
1: take player X to a
2: massage parlor. Uh-huh. Ah, That's nice. Yeah.
0: Except no happy ending. You're out of the group.
2: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> or maybe I will happy ending after the you think happy about ending. It. I I will cover that as a consolation for being out of the group, <laughs> or break it to them in the middle of it. By but the way, then you're you get a guy who just joins groups and to get kicked out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Remember, we had our a, a, a great idea, um, the bachelor party club. Yes, remember we're have the Bachelor Club yeah,
1: back in when college. We were, when we were when we were roommates. Yep. We went to a bachelor party and we're like, Oh that was so much fun. Hey, let's have a bachelor party Let's get twelve people. We'll have a bachelor party every month,
0: and and every month a different person gets to be the bachelor, right, and he doesn't pay, and everybody else covers the cost. So you, <laughs> so eleven out of twelve months, you're helping right, you cover, you the cost. cover the cost. But well, once a year, you're the
2: bachelor. Yeah, you know we we talked about reviving that idea after my bachelor party and Bill bachelor party, where we had the poker games that were crazy fun.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it's like oh, we, why aren't we doing this every month?
2: <laughs> exactly. It's like <laughs>
0: really po- I, I totally want to start a, a monthly poker game. I totally do that. All right, we should do that. You really? want to have the dealer? You You're not into that, though.
1: No, no. no. Good-
0: I, I like passing the deck. Right. All right.
2: I liked our dealer. Our, our dealer dealer's is really good. Yes, we had a great dealer. Oh, you hired a dealer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Oh, professional
1: dealers are awesome.
2: She was a fabulous. No. no, she was a professional, <laughs> just not a professional poker dealer.
0: <laughs> no, she's not professional that either. That's the whole thing. Is that, oh, uh, yeah. is that it wasn't that either? It was actually like, and and but but uh, actually like learned how to deal really well really quickly. Right. And oh, it was really? just stupid fun. Oh, yeah. that's good. And I was like, regard any of that aside, there is there is something to be said for like, should you be able to to make it happen. Have someone do that part of something? Sure, right? Like, look, we had the party at my house, and yeah, I it was super right. cheap. And I hired a bartender; it like was not expensive at all. Right. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm never gonna throw a big party again." Right? It like frees this you up that. To,
2: to, to do other things. I've got to actually a,
0: enjoy the party. A big thing that suddenly you don't have to think about anymore. Right? Yeah. And at the and at the end, when uh, when she took off, she said, "Oh, okay, so." Um, all the glasses that were still behind the bar that people would pick up, those are all washed and set aside. It's set up in case you want to serve any more drinks. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's like, you know, I mean, it, it even cut down my cleanup time. and I was like, yeah. oh my god, this is the best thing right. ever. How did I never think to my, do this? again My
3: aunt used to throw these Christmas parties, and they were always a big, big deal. So she actually ended up getting them like catered. She would she would get the food and prepare it all herself, but she had people come in and set up for her. Oh, nice! Because that's the hardest thing to do, right? And it was this big party with like thirty people or something, and everybody's sitting down and. Yeah, it's like how much is your time worth, and how good is it going to look? It looked so much better. She didn't have to worry about it. She could come sure. out on the menu. She didn't have to worry. She could go and talk to her the, the family that she only sees once a year. So it was worth it for her. So yeah, I get it. If you if you think about what's my time worth? Am I you know this is this is stressful? It's so stressful. It's not fun anymore.
0: Right. I mean, it was so I I, I found that I found this company online, and I mean and like and, and I mean it was five hours of a bartender. It was thirty five dollars an hour. Hmm. It was like hundred and seventy-five dollars. I know it's not like super cheap, but in the context of like I'm uh, a yearly party I'm going to throw, like you want to save right. up for that and think like you know however you want to budget, like sure. Oh my god, that was so worth it because oh, just like oh now yeah. it's like yeah we get to run around and do whatever. Well, any we want. other item
1: on 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 your on your list for the party was more expensive than that. Yeah. Your beer, your wine, sure, your liquor, right. all Buying that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh my God, of course I want to do that. That's right. amazing. So I'll, I'll start, I'm, I actually started working on a design for a poker table to fit on one of the fold up tables. Oh, yeah. Fit, like on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I'll start working on that. I'll see if I can get that done in the next couple of weeks and we we'll start. I'm in. I'm so game. in. All right. Um, uh, uh, rogue, the rogue trader problem from Alex in Los Angeles reading Snoo Snags and the Snappy Snackers. I would like to read I, I would
3: like
0: I would it was ask. Like my you favorite re- group in the 50s by the way. It was Snoo Snags and the Snappy
3: Snackers. <laughs> they they had that great hit Termite to my Woody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, to <laughs> I would like I would ask you to read my email in a surfer voice because I'm riding from Los Angeles. But then you would be mocking your own people and that, and we would not we don't do that because we Los Angelinos know that we are better than everyone else right
2: okay wow. fuck you for saying angelinos <laughs>
1: yeah first of all
2: it's angeloids and by the way none <laughs> angeloids. of us none of
1: us
3: are surfers
0: so we're not mocking our own people <laughs> right we just,
3: went, we just all
1: sound
2: like the i Keanu i used to surf i actually surfed when i lived in northern california really serious ago That's cold up there, oh dude. shit it's yes it's cold and that's sharky. Why, that's why you wore wetsuits and peed in them. I know. I used to go boogie boarding. I just sometimes like to wear a
0: wetsuit around the house just <laughs> so, you don't you don't have so, so I can pee in yeah. it.
2: Because yeah. oh, it's apparently acceptable. Yeah, well, at the oh, diaper no, too. it's, it's, only, awesome, it's right? only when you're in the water. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you don't do that before you're in the water. Oh, shit. Oops. I'm oh, doing it wrong. I like the squinchy sound when you walk. <laughs> I
3: do. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: went to Long Beach yesterday. Amazing. right so i took a big coat because it's been cold lately i get right. down there and i'm like oh yeah that's right long beach yeah it's always 72 it's that's like right. san diego it's yeah always oh, yeah. 74 in san diego. the lbc and I'm, I'm like driving around it's like january at 10:30 at night all the windows are down and i'm like i want to, to turn the air conditioner on <laughs> <laughs> did you go to second street I, I, I'm not sure. I didn't go to 2nd Street, but I went by Fort Polio. Yeah? They were closed at oh 10.30 at night. That's the worst. Yeah, And then Beans texted me and said, Oh, you're there? You should come buy our wine bar. Except I'm just leaving.
0: <laughs> See, to me, that's the... So here's a little... Like, well, so Stu and I, when we were roommates and in college, we lived together in, in Long Beach. Not the way it sounds. We were totally in a... Homosexual relationship. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm, banging like carpenters. <laughs> and we were... <laughs> Uh, who went to Cal State Long Beach? By the way, the Carpenters. Uh, and <laughs> funny,
3: funny
1: story. Funny story about that. Had the whole <laughs> world
0: in his hands. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and uh, Beans, Christine, uh, this gal who was a drummer in the Shatners was their mm-hmm. band, and it's and younger than anybody else in the band. Like we're a bunch of like twenty nine year old guys with a nineteen year old like really super cute girl drummer, which it was awesome, and she was great, great fucking drummer. And the guy she was dating then, I think. They're married. They got kids. Ernie, right? Right? Like, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, And they and they have a, a a wine bar in Long Beach. And I'm just like every now and then I think about them. Like, oh, that is the weirdest fucking thing ever. Like, <laughs> how is Beans like? How are they fucking <laughs> on a wine bar? That just seems so weird to me. How is it not like an ant- Adamant Museum or something? <laughs> like, you ended up there, right?
2: Like, is it an Adamant themed wine bar? It
0: could be, maybe. That'd be good. But you keep, but they no, don't drink. You don't smoke, so you can't. Uh, what do you do? You
3: stand and deliver.
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> Heyo. Uh, on a more serious note, I'd like to thank you for making your podcast. Listening to your backlog uh, was one was the only thing keeping me sane while cramming for law school finals. Uh, if you I like need- how
2: many people consume our backlog while they cram.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, are you sure you meant that <laughs> sentence to come out that way? <laughs>
2: if you need legal representation
1: at least 3 at least 3 years from now and i know you will because trouble is drawn to <laughs> douchebags like stank to a neckbeard, <laughs> then let me know. It's the least I could I could do to repay you. We, there just, th- we should just have you on retainer.
0: Oh, I, yo, is three is years from so now, I'm going on a crime spree. <laughs> if, <I ever, laughs> if I ever write a pirate campaign or Tyler, you should use a pirate paper, you've got to have a bad guy called Fatbeard or Neckbeard. <laughs> <Stank laughs> it's got to be like one of the one of the like big pirates. <laughs> stank McFatbeard. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate Fatbeard. First
2: off,
1: I'd like uh, a suggestion for a new Halloween segment, Gaming Nightmare. How it would work is that you would would bring on a special guest from a local nerd community who is known
2: to be (laughs) an awful GM. (laughs) We have one on our show every week. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm right here. I'm
1: sitting right here. Then you answer questions from listeners as usual while also having him provide his own unique advice, such as, the complaints and suggestions of my players my players make don't matter because my group is my own personal fan club and you need this almighty GMPC because otherwise the encounters i have planned would be unbeatable both of those statements came out of the mouths of real human beings i game with oh wow, wow. oh man alternatively
2: like uh, you said i've gamed with not i game with
1: right game it was game, past i've gamed with sorry yes. uh uh, alternatively, you could have an actual play podcast hosted by the aforementioned awful GM. Let the Nightmare Times oh, roll. Oh, we got to get the dude... would be better.
2: we oh. got to get the dude who claimed to have run uh, Dead Presidents first to oh. come run a Dead Presidents game Does for he really have to know where I live? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll no, we'll just, we'll just do it we'll off-site. We'll just do it off We'll do it
0: off Do it at the con. Do it at the con. Oh. Actual play at the con. There you go. Oh, my God. That is a brilliant idea. There's a, there's a very interesting... If you're on the Happy Jacks forums down and I think general discussions or mm-hmm. one of them uh, there's a one of our listeners posted I can't remember who it was right now but posted he's like all oh my god here's this really horrific actual play and it's not the players it's the GM and he says like it's this class in how n- how to not to GM right like because he just knows everything and I'm about f- and there's like two seasons of it and I'm Holy about shit. four episodes or five because ep- they do it in half hour chunks. Something about like like I'm, like I'm like game one chunk four or something, and he's only done it a couple times and not horrifically, but I can see where it's gonna go. Like you can see by the way he answers questions and he does that, and it's and it's 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 kind of funny because you can like and, and right away in like the second one what there and it's a pirate thing and, and 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 one of the characters wants to swing over to the other ship. And he's like, well, because of how it works, the whole thing, you know, you're like 30 feet, you're really high up, and you can make an acrobatics roll to drop from the rope on the other ship, but, you know, you're going to take damage, and, you know, and he's showing her how the, the parabola of the swing will work and everything. It's like, oh, well, if I'm up near their rigging, is there a rope I can grab onto? No. And, like, that was the first one, and I'm like...
2: Any There's cool no thing they want to do? I'm like, ooh, no. he just
0: threw the nope rope. I'm that, like, That's gonna hit, nope <laughs> and it's kind of the only time he does it, so like like that dramatically so far. Right? But I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna. It's like it's like the that slow motion car wreck, and it's right where it's just about to really hit. It's kind of fascinating, but, and because it's on YouTube, it's a video cast. And I will say. Uh, it's it's one guy and it's it's called uh misclicks, like M I S S. It's four g- girls that are playing and the guy's GMing.
2: Okay. And
0: they are it's their first time they've ever See, played that's what makes it- a a, a oh. game, and they are in. And they're like super they're like super engaged and they're they're cracking up, and oh my god, they like turned twelve years old at one point. Like despite the fact that he is blocking them at every turn. No, he hasn't here's the thing he hasn't yet blocked them at every turn. He, but he definitely Makes them go through some calisthenics. Hmm. Kinda, so far, but mm-hmm. he's only had one big block. But the, but one of the guys in the forums is like, oh look, I've listened to the whole two seasons. He's like, it gets really bad, like it gets horrible. And at one point, I, he 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 said, one of the players says, if you could just let me do this cool thing for once, like that's how they ask it, right? So I'm I am now fascinated to I'm now fascinated to watch this, like, gaming nightmare See, unfold. See,
2: that reminds me of a show, <coughs> a show I used to watch a long time ago, like, before podcasts were a thing. It was called Dungeon Majesty, mm-hmm. and I think I've talked about it on the show before. It was this guy, his name was Riley, and he DM'd a game for three or four girls, and they cut, it was basically, there was it was video of them playing D&D, and then they would cut to them acting out the scenes. Like, one was barbarian, one was a necromancer, hmm. and it was Awesome, because they all were really into it, and I actually met them at Gen Con SoCal years ago. And uh, I just realized they live down here, and I should probably look them up now. Be mm-hmm. like, hey, that's hilarious. But they use the they use the d twenty system, mm-hmm. the, the the tabletop,
0: the the virtual tabletop thing. Oh roll, oh, roll twenty. Yeah, roll twenty. Sorry, yeah, you roll twenty. Um, so that was because, and I was like, oh, I didn't know. And they're playing like some weird two two point five e variant too. And like, I didn't. I was like, uh, I I had much more fun watching it when I stopped trying to figure out their die rolls oh because he's like i'll roll no that misses and i'm like how the fuck would that miss and i'm like oh maybe low is better or it's that or yeah i'm like oh yeah never mind right but yes that that idea the reason i brought that whole thing up is like oh my god doing an actual play with a like really horrible gm GM. knowing how we all tend to play i I were like oh are there rails i don't even know how to spell that word i would have loved (laughs) if we could
2: have recorded the game yumi and bruce played in at the last con <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that was pretty good just that when we got good. to that
2: last encounter we're like no we're not going to fight him this is what we do yeah when the GM oh, but- had to
0: go to the bathroom for the last fight and then we basically said to table, okay here's how this is going to go and we just got the whole table <laughs> in and so the GM came back like oh yep this is what we all do and he's like oh okay well I guess that breaks my encounter he started
2: to argue a little bit and we're like no this is what we do Wow. And
0: everyone knew exactly what they were doing, <laughs> it and it was beautiful. just like all okay. So, uh what do you guys do? We're like all bump, 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 down the table. He was like, uh, uh, oh, uh, we oh, God, okay. we were all
2: characters from a different different setting, and we all took our character's oh, right. greatest trait. Mm-hmm. Like it, we, Bill was playing a Jedi, and he put like his his. But my, I, I used the force the to force. direct, and I'm playing a wizard, and I'm like, but I was a Hufflepuff. I'm like, I encourage the hard work that that character is doing. We all channeled all of our power into one person. We're like, no, we fucking nuke it. Right, and then because he had set up this whole
0: mechanic where you could you could do that, and so it was the fight with the big bat at the very end. Mm -hmm. We're like, great, we're going to give all our power to the character that you have defined through your character design and the gameplay as the most powerful PC. So we're all channeling all our energy of friendship and support and encouragement and into that person to then Ah. amplify that back out. And he was, and he realized he was like, oh shit, you guys (laughs) broke this thing bad. It was awesome. And he, yeah, he did start to, start to argue, and we're like, nope, that's what we do. It's
2: and then a- he started rolling with it, and it turned out fun. Yes,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Good.
1: All right. On, now on to my question. As modern game settings are moving away from the tired old adventuring party format, new problems arise. Our group discovered one such issue while playing Warhammer 40K RPG Rogue Trader. In Rogue Trader, the players command a starship crewed by tens of thousands. That sounds kind of cool. When my brother ran the uh, the Trograder game. Trograder. It's Uh, an unerspism. It is. is. Uh, You're you're listexic. (laughs) The the other players and and I often responded to enemies by sending thousands of men at the problem (laughs) while the PCs sat on the spaceship and drank mojitos, uh, proverbially speaking. Uh, my brother, my, that's my favorite proverb, is the one that mentions mojitos.
0: (laughs) Uh, So good. When Jesus turned all that water into mojitos, it was so good. (laughs) They were mojitos. Mojitos.
1: (laughs) Uh, my brother later coined the phrase, the rogue trader problem, to describe this issue. After a few sessions, while the players rarely got involved in combat, my brother abruptly ended the game, and we switched to Pathfinder. Later on... And then everybody took the leadership feet and started sending thousands (laughs) Thousands of of, uh, (laughs) hirelings. Uh, I ran a fiefdom building game uh, where one player was the feudal lord and the others were his chief advisors. We used the Song of Ice and Fire RPG which is humorously um, acronymized as Sifrip. It's not there, damn it. (laughs) Um,
3: Womp womp. (laughs) No, I was going to play the cricket. <laughs> oh, I, I miss him. How's that for a chopper? I'm <laughs> trying to know
0: why it's humorous. Because it's like SIF <laughs> RP, maybe SIFRIP, SIFRIP, SIFRIP,
3: SIFRIP, SIFRIP,
2: SIFRIP, SIFRIP, SIFRIP. <laughs> I think the only humorous game acronym is for FASA RP, which which acronymizes to face rip or FAP. Or yeah, FAP. <laughs> that
1: would, I'm gonna make, that's what I'm going to rename my role playing game. Yeah. FAP. Yeah, you'll get so many hits on, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure FAP.com is taken. I would imagine. What's I that, don't know. About, with two peas. What about three? <laughs> the more peas, the better. That's right. <laughs> oh, where was I? <laughs> Uh, Most of the players, um, uh, which is purpose built to run this type of game, most of the players came up with combat oriented character concepts, and I encouraged them uh, as I was planning to have a feudal culture ready. Greatly, have the feudal culture greatly appreciate those who led from the front and showed uncommon valor. My brother, on the other hand, created a political machinator uh, type and took a character feat called cadre that gave him a squad of ten loyal fighting goons that were were easily the match of any combat monster PC. After a couple sessions, two players demanded demanded leave to retool their characters to also have Cadre, which I begrudgingly allowed. Only one player stuck with the honorable warrior motif while uh, everyone else became political machinators, and as a result... Much of the campaign had to be rewritten. The Rogue Trader problem ultimately boils down to this. How can we give the player's command over a wide array of personnel while still having the occasional old-school-style party combat that we all love? I know, as a player, that being in a position of power can be immensely enjoyable, so I don't want to scrap that aspect entirely. Advice would be... Would would be appreciated, because I plan on running a game where all the players command the various departments of the Wizard Guild. An idea I stole from uh, your douchebag con games, probably run by Stu. Sincerely,
3: Alex from Los Angeles. The Rogue Trader Problem. Uh, How do you solve the Rogue Trader Problem? A little bit. In Traveler, Dave and I have decided that, it, like, for ship combat, um, you really, there's just one guy that gets to do, so he pushes buttons and fires everything, so nobody else has a job to do when you, when you're so we, we had all of the players sort of pool their resources like if somebody had a gunnery they were able to uh, work on the guns and add a plus 1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. In a way you could probably try to do that with these with a large group of people, but it's not I mean it's a, it's a little different. It was a lot different.
0: I don't even know why I brought it up. I mean the big thing you have to do is to come up with scenarios that where sending in 10,000 men is impractical. Right. Right, where it's like, no, only the squad of six can do this, and it must be our six best trained warriors, which is you guys, right? Or you could have it be where it's a dual pronged attack situation. It's like, oh, yes, this is where all those guys you command should do this, and you're going to set the tactics, the strategy for that, and how it's going to work, right? But then at the same time, you guys have to go over here and do this other thing, and maybe there is a a story reason for that, or maybe just. Tactically, it's the best way to handle it, or something. Mm -hmm. So, you still get that idea of like, we are the ones designed this assault, and then we also have a key part in it that's not then managing all those guys. Right. Right. Um, How how about like a mutiny?
1: Like, come up with an excuse for all of the PCs to all be in the same conference room or something. mm -hmm. And while they're in the conference room, the doors get welded shut, and the and the the bridge crew gets killed, and mutineers have taken over the ship. You've got to take the ship back. You don't know who on the ship you can trust, and you can't. Yeah, there's tens of thousands of them. Some might be loyal, some might not. I mean, you're you're really kind of breaking the probably your
2: your well, then yeah. Your, then you've got like, sessions after that where they're still trying to figure out. All right, who who can we trust? Who can we with basically? Or they just kill everyone? Right. Well, yeah, but you got to you got first off. If you want to have that. Your party's going go to go out into
1: combat by themselves. You know, take the bridge back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On this ship that holds ten thousand, tens of thousands of people.
0: Right. Well, it kind of uh, almost parallels the earlier discussion we had uh, around. You know, it, you can't if you have to devise scenarios where the hammer isn't always the the answer, right? Or combat isn't always the answer. Right. So you have to have scenarios in in this rogue trader type setting where it's just not about sending ten thousand guys at the problem. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that wouldn't work at all. There's, there's trade negotiations happening. Sending ten thousand guys right. down doesn't do shit. Right? Yeah, maybe, they, right. maybe
2: they, as representatives, need to go to a thing, and then that's why the Jedi have yeah. to be
0: there. Right. To talk to the trade negotiations. <laughs> they have to be
2: there. <laughs> I mean,
3: I'm thinking of like the Enterprise or whatever. Uh, it's, Kirk would tell everybody what to do, and these ten thousand people <laughs> were scrambling around the ship, making stuff happen. But it's. It, he's still in charge right and then or the science officer would still come up with ideas you can't right? can't send 10,000
0: men down to woo a green alien woman <laughs> you, can't. you
3: gotta do that yourself that was, <laughs> uh, that's where I was going with that whenever there was an away team they just sent the eight guys down there and then the right. guys in red suits got killed and then Kirk would woo his way out of it but I mean that, that, it, technically isn't that the way it's set up to, be, to run and then maybe it's a loophole it's like oh we got 10,000 guys one of those guys should be able to figure
0: out the solution. We'll just sit back and wait till they do. To me, the bigger problem is the one that they had in a Song of uh, Ice and Fire, right? It, which is, uh, you've got one guy who's got ten guys with him all the time, right? And then you've got two other guys that don't have anybody, right? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to go get in this fight now. Okay, great, because I've always got ten NPC warriors with me. Oh well, shit. I feel pretty ineffectual. Like that seems. To be more problematic, right? Right. Well, I mean, there's still ways you can get around that. There
1: again, you need to come up with uh, come up with more situations where uh, those those ten warriors you got with you aren't going to be any help.
3: Did, uh, did the check clear? If, I'm not sure. My I didn't get paid yet this month. Uh, paid, you know, so not, I'm, right,
2: not I'm not fighting too. for
0: you until uh, right. I'm sorry, we don't allow anyone of their standing into this into
2: the court. Oh, right. they like, go. They need yeah. to wait
0: outside with all the rest of the hired hands. Or and,
2: um, you could take one guy with you. Right, you know, don't don't completely neutralize the character feat. Oh yeah, by this saying, is a, oh, this you can't a, take all ten of them. Be like, you can take two of them with you.
0: This is a civil meeting. You can bring a second with. Them. Right, right. I mean, we it was interesting. We we kind of had that um, a little bit in the pirate pathfinder game because because there was a crew. Right, you guys have a full crew. We had a full crew, and so suddenly we're like, oh wow, we have like a whole shitload of NPCs, and so we all kind of took our second. Yeah, everyone's got. A mentee. Yeah, we had like a we had like a, oh here's the person that is I, I'm I've become friends with them in the crew or whatever. So we all had kind of one NPC, but we did have a whole that we also kind of ran with our character. We had a whole crew worth of people, but then the way Tyler handled that is like when, we got in big, in yeah, when we got into the Yeah, we got in a big combats or conflicts. It's like they're all running the ship, right? You can't like tell all of them. All right, now everybody yeah, under the vessel. Swords. Yeah, they can all draw swords. Like they're all doing. Other shit they need to do to maintain the vessel you have, mm-hmm. but you get this smaller, compact of that, right? Right. Which worked pretty well. All right. I know in the Honor Harrington books, it's about uh, space
3: combat and stuff. She basically interacts with the heads of the departments, mm-hmm. which is ostensibly what you're saying is you have your little little mentor, or whatever. But you maybe they're the head head of the department or the second of the department, and that's how you interact. You don't have to deal with the whole crew, and they're the only people that
0: you talk to, and you can take them with you as opposed to the 10,000 people that work in engineering. You could do higher level stuff, too, where, like, I was looking back saying he's playing and running the game where uh, all the players command the various departments of a wizard's guild, right? It's like, that doesn't mean that now you've got 50 wizards to go and fight this thing. It's like, all right, this department is enchantments, and here's the problem. Like, what problem are you trying to have these guys solve? So you're making more... It's almost like you're putting the players in the role of... Of managing management right or executives and it's like, great, yes, you have a staff of people, but you know they don't go with you to every single meeting they don't right. go with you on business trips they're all doing stuff that's gonna get you an output that's important for your character mm-hmm. right or for your party so you might have a in that type of thing if they're having to go and if the party is having to go and solve these wizard related problems, it might be like, oh you know we've got three things that we can tackle, but you know. All three of them, we need an enchanted item. Like, okay, which one am I putting my team of 50 wizards on to figure out? Oh, we better get that dragon-slaying sword. Okay, I'm going to have my guys start working on researching that and the whole thing. Great. And, and right, eventually you're going to get the sword because he has that whole group of people that he's managing and making do things. Or
2: Sure. You can't just shift everyone to focus on one problem. There's constantly things that yeah. people need to be taking care of. Uh, care of. So let them take care of that. It's like really in the Pirate Pathfinder game. Great, you have 50 people on your ship. 50 people attack your ship. What are you guys going to do? They're occupied with them. Right.
3: So. And maybe there's a timeline involved, and so your your crew of wizards, they're getting they're paid by the hour. They don't care how fast they have to work. So suddenly you really need to get this thing, um, and there are, they're just taking their own sweet time. So you need to, be in it, you know, to inspire them or whatever.
2: Because ultimately, it's your head. You're, you're the one that's in mm-hmm. charge of the crew. I want to play a game where you all play wizard HR managers. Yes. <laughs> you're like, all right, you've got to fire Kenny today. How, how do you right. deal with oh, it? Oh, and by the
0: way, Kenny's a blood mage.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right?
3: Well, it could, okay. be, it could be a coup like that. You would leave you leave to go off on something, come back, and somebody else is taken in charge. They're like, yeah, we voted you out of the... What? It's, I'm the head of the department. Not anymore.
1: <laughs> uh, we had to replace follow up advice from David. Last email who would like to read it?
2: Oh, I will. Hello Snooch to the douchers. I had to say douchers because it doesn't doesn't rhyme otherwise. All right. Before I start, let me say that your show is simply amazing. 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 The quality and natural discussion about my favorite hobby is fantastic and entertaining. I have just started listening to your show and heard a topic that piqued my interest. He spelled peaked wrong, David. The original question was. No, he Port- didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. It's, he, it peaked. it's P-I-Q-U-E-D. P-I-Q-U-E-D.
0: No, he, he peaked it. It was the top of his interest. Yeah. It, it took went down it took his interest <laughs> to a new height. It peaked his interest, and or, now nothing is
2: as interesting. Or
1: maybe he calls his interest his ears. Oh. And it, and it
2: like, overloaded. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like, a, like an audio. Right. Like it peaked. Like, right, I can't, like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll stop being a, a pedant. A ladite. Portal appears. Party discusses what to do. Player just jumps in the portal, and the thief player states their character wouldn't do that, but goes in begrudgingly. Dick move? No, did, this was a couple two or three I think
0: it was the first first one of the season
2: might have been Yeah. 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 I did try it. to use every situation as an opportunity when playing an RPG if the thief is self-interested then focus on why she would jump into a portal instead of why she wouldn't some examples one someone in the party owes the thief money and if she doesn't follow she'll never get paid no one owes her money well now they do we find this out through role playing the thief's uncle once told her of a time when he jumped through a portal and came back with riches <laughs> That's <seems> really forced. <laughs> now going through is attempting is tempting, and there's a new NPC uncle. Three. If the group if the group often finds treasures, then it would be with the thief's best interest to stay with the party. She has probably followed them in dangerous situations before, and they have paid up. That's the most likely one to me. It's like, yeah. oh, you're getting me into some shit again. Great. And, and then you know, uh, along the way, like, great, I'm getting two shares for this because this is bullshit, guys. Mm-hmm. Role play it. My mm-hmm. school of thought is that you can play true to your character and still do things that wouldn't fit their personality. My Han Solo character would never save Princess Leia in the Death Star. Oh wait, there's a boatload of money involved. I'm in. Keep up the great work.
3: Spoon. Spoon.
2: A nice tick that's reference. That's All right. Right. Yeah, that is that is
0: kind of interesting. That was that was. I went. Back, I've been going back and catching up on this season, and that was a very interesting discussion about like what's the dick move? Who who pulled the dick move there? Mm-hmm. The player or the GM? Right and that that whole thing around there, but it is a
3: tough situation when the party wants to split and it, you know you're, you as a GM get that sinking feeling like oh fuck how do I how do I make this work like when your when your fucking pilot decides to stay on the ship you're like god damn it how do I Sid, how but, do I do it, that so
0: it was interesting like I didn't I didn't mind that one because I know you so well yeah I knew you were like yep this is what my character would do. And I'm perfectly fine with going over here, and reading this book for an hour. And, and, I, and, I, and well, I was like, and I, okay. and I went into that, right. knowing that. But, but okay, maybe it's but, a bad example. But I, well, but no, but I, but I think it's that's worth bringing up because I I didn't, I was okay with it and handled it the way I did because I knew you as a person and a player. Okay, that was very much based off of knowing what would happen. Right. It is it is difficult too because if you're doing a more cinematic progression, then there's that whole. This is where the camera's focus goes. Like, hey, I'm going to stay back on the ship and do some research, or like, there's no way I'm going. Fuck you guys. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Well, we're going to go follow where the main storyline goes. At the same time, there's um, there's a lot of things that that happen, and that was like the first session, right? There's a lot of other things that happen that don't come through sometimes on an actual play that are that that can that happen or as GMS can do, which is to Use those opportunities where the party splits like that if you know it's going to be a short amount of time, right? In like the actual game, like, hey, we're going to go off and do this questioning, we're going to do that, great. Like, I will hand a note to the player or send, like, then when we did, I was like, oh, hey, here's something that comes over the wire. What you do with that is what you do with that, right? And you can engage with me as much as you want, right? On the side, the thing that I think is is super fascinating, and then I got kind of hooked on. In that tappy game, was using side communication that's nonverbal, mm-hmm. which used to be passing notes, but now it can be like sending things back and forth, whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. actually Tablet. been a lot of that that hasn't all surfaced yet in our game, mm-hmm. where we're like, I think almost everybody sent me stuff, right? And in fact, one of the one of the story threads we went on to is a thing that Brash. As Bresh, you asked me a question, and I sent you a thing back, and it was like, "Oh, well, that dovetails really well." in this thing, we maybe we could do that anyway. Yeah, we should go do that thing, right? Right, which is around the Stormtrooper armor, at the huts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that that's also another way to to tackle that. When the party splits, the hard part to me is when it's something like this, like that portal rift, where it's like, "This is these people are going to go far, far away for a long time." Yeah. So, now what do you want to do, right? Uh-huh. And if that ever came up where it was like, hey, half of us want to go to this one destination, the other half of us want to go to this other destination, and that's going to be months of actual time. Right. Oh, Okay, well, now that, that becomes extremely difficult for the yeah. GM. It might make a metagame discussion, but it, sometimes that thing has to happen. Like, okay, we sure.
2: need to
3: stop right here. Here's what's going to happen. You're welcome to stay on this side of the portal, but... Um, you you're going to make a new character if you want to keep playing. Yeah, right. Or, or and, whatever. And it yeah, it's a yeah. game discussion, but sometimes that has to happen. It's like, <laughs> you, you don't know what you're, you're getting yourself into. Maybe it's easier to say that any treasure that they get
0: on that side, they get to keep, and you don't get any.
2: Sure. Well, that's up to the party.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I think it, the thing that was interesting, too, is is in um, in later sessions, and it doesn't give anything away if this one isn't up yet, but you stayed on the ship, but you stayed in contact. Right, through the comm links. Through the comm links with everybody that time right, right. which is like all oh, so you weren't physically there but you were there enough to chime in like you could hear what was happening right yes. and but so you're like i oh. even did
3: some research while they were
0: right like, and live like, oh,
2: yeah oh hey yeah they'll just let me look that stay- up wait wait
0: let me find out <laughs> okay yeah. and hey, and that's
2: that's not tactically it's not a bad idea to have somebody right. back there who can do that if we're in a situation and we it
3: was it. basically i had to keep the ship run running you know right that's, right. that's it's just like somebody has to drive the getaway right. car. But that was, but that was,
0: to me, that that ended up being a very a very good. It's a party natural, split, yeah. right? It's right. like okay, I'm going to stay in the ship. I'm going to keep it hot because we might need to get the hell out of here. We were split, but everybody was hat, still present. But everybody, yeah, but everybody was still involved, right? So I think that's a that's an interesting way to to try to tackle party splits. Is even though you're split is what you're doing in your individual areas still combined to the greater good. Maybe where it's you're a, to get to?
3: maybe this is a cautionary tale as a GM where you if you if you're going to do the portal that takes you to a whole different world it may not be the best thing. I mean, you may have to think twice about the way you're going to get your players there because right. that suddenly draws a line in the sand. Literally, if you cross this line, you're entering a different world. And you have to be really confident that... So, as a I, GM, maybe think twice before you set I, up those... But I think
2: some of that's on the player, too, to come up with a reason why their player, their character would do that.
0: Thing. I agree. But I think the big thing and this little rehash, but, uh, but that really struck me is that was the moment where the GM has to, like stop everything even the guys that go look i'm tired i don't want to listen to this like bickering and back and forth fuck it i'm jumping through okay stop right this is what is about to happen do you like when you this is you know and you make it really clear to every table and out of game Mm-hmm. You're having the conversation at that as, moment. As GM and players, not yes, as characters. as GM players, right? not, as, not as characters. Where, like, when that one player says, this is the decision I to make. This is why I'm making it. It's, it's dramatic for the story. It's true to my character. Whatever it is. Like, I'm doing this thing. Okay. Now we all need to sit and talk about this. Because this is so dramatically altering the game. This is a back to, like, us as a gaming group discussion. Not your characters and what's happening in the world. Because... You know, at, and at the end of it, then then everybody's moving forward with actual knowledge of mm-hmm. what's going to occur, right? So it, it seems like that's that's the thing. And look, and if it's one thing, because because the the ideas that were in that email could be really valid if the if the player was like, oh, well, look, I don't really want to split the party. I don't want to make a new character, like, but I can't I can't figure out why my character would go through that portal do you guys have any ideas? I'm like, you know, like, like, cause you can do that. Right. That's, yeah. like, and then that might be like, oh, well, what about this? Or like, Hey, remember that other time we went to the dragon's den and you were like, there's no fucking way I'm going in there, but you came out of it with that sweet stealth armor. And you're like, okay, right. Maybe my greed's going to drive me in or whatever it is. Right? right. So you come up with something that now adds to the story, but you, you kind of need the time to, to have that conversation. Right. Right. And get
1: out of the sort of the heated moment in role play where you're you are becoming intractable
0: right and, th- and it's and, and that almost happened in one of your con games when I was running mm-hmm. the in the freak show game where I had the dog boy and we went over into the fey realm and suddenly like everything was much more yeah much more heightened and I was this and I became this like alpha right like wolf creature you know over there and it was like I don't know if I'd go back like, no, like, I actually and, kind of set that up that way. Yeah, and it was, so it was like, and... and had you stayed,
3: you probably would have had to contest with Hearn the Hunter, because he sure. goes through his wild
0: pack. I had sure. a whole set, stuff set but up. It, but it was, but it was interesting, because like, oh, wow, there's a real reason. Maybe I would actually stay, rem- here, right. stay here and never go back, right? And, and I think those are, to me, that is the, that is, uh, can be the, uh, just how great a story can be. Right, you you potentially have done a great job as a GM if you have put some kind of option in front of somebody. They're like, "Oh, wow, holy crap! I might dramatically alter my character, mm-hmm. right, because of this." Hmm, should I really do that? But when it's something where it's much different than a one shot, because you can go like, "Oh, yep, yeah, okay, I do that fine, sure, right." right. You figured out if you ever want to run that character again in your future one shots, <laughs> fuck yeah. it, right. you don't care, right? But when it's in a campaign and you're like, "Okay, well, what does this mean next week when we all get together?" You've you've gotta you've gotta step aside. And, and have that conversation. But I like the idea of if the player wants to stick together, like is there is there a something you can come up with that would actually maybe make them do something that is against their mm-hmm. first inclination. I think
3: if WoW has taught us <clears throat> nothing, is that the doing a Leroy Jenkins never ends well. If you are just Leroy Jenkins in I, through I'm the I don't know we're still talking about
0: it years <laughs> later, so that was the good thing. I That's guess, true. You got a little of a notoriety there. Yep.
2: And he's a, he's in the game now, right? Yeah, he's in. He's in the card game. He's in. He's yeah. actually a follower in in uh, Warlords of Draenor. You can get him as a follower. No, uh, yeah. really? Yep. Uh-huh. There were achievements named after him. Oh yeah, that 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 worked very well for them,
0: okay. considering it was staged. And if I ever got a dog, I would name it Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> and then teach it just like to run into rooms.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna call it. All right. Okay. All right. I I will say that real quick. I looked up Easy Roller Dice while we were sitting here. Mm -hmm. The 105 dice is 15 sevens dice sets. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. It is. Oh, and thank
3: you to EasyRollerDice.com for sponsoring this episode of Happy Jacks
1: RPG Podcast. I'm going
3: home and buying some right now. No lie. Here we go.
1: We're <laughs> listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 5 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Bill. This is Stork. This is Tyler. And don't forget to join us uh, at uh, Strategic Con. Uh, uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. At the Hilton Hotel in uh, Los Angeles. They have LAX. a great bar. Yes, they do. And they, good hours. It's full of French people. Love the hours. <laughs> On that bar. All right, and thank you again to EasyRollerDice.com and uh, go visit them. And that's it. And we'll leave it with a song. And dragons,
2: Some women sing songs of lovers they've lost, or lovers that never have been. How their husbands have sailed across the salt sea, or thought of them during war's din. But to me these songs are elusive It seems
3: for fate gives me no chance to grieve For how can I sing those songs of
1: lost love When my husband refuses to leave? Oh, so how can I say that I'll
2: miss him When he won't oblige me and leave? If he'd do what was right he would die in a fight I'd sing of sadness and grief Nellie's bow seeks his fortune abroad And nine months of twelve he's at sea and she'll cry, but when one month is passed She still has eight months to be free I pushed and cajoled my husband To join the Mariner's Bold and Stout
0: To me he did say, How could I leave you? You take care of my gout! Oh, how can I say that I'll miss him When he won't oblige
2: me and leave? If he'd do what was right he would die in a fight And I'd sing of sadness and grief
3: for hire. I would rather my man feel the pull of the cloth, join the church and sit in a pew, or a nightly jaunt to the inn down the road with a mistress for him to pursue. Oh, how can I say that I'll miss him when he won't oblige me and leave? If he'd do what was right, he would die in a fight, and I'd sing of sadness and grief. Oh, how can I
2: say that I'll miss him when he won't oblige me if he'd do what was right, he would die in a fight. If he loved me at all, he would die in a brawl. I pray to the Lord that he'll fall on a sword. And how can I sing those songs of lost love when my husband refuses to leave?
1: The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bam, bum, 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 bum.